Brent Martineau. You see him every day on CBS 47, Fox 30, Action Sports Jacks. Austin Lane. He's a former Jag star and current MMA fighter. Broadcasting live from the Anna Jar and Levine studio. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. Was I supposed to be like all concerned? Stop the show. Hold on a minute. Austin Lane has to go get his headphones from the car. Not at all, man. We're all good. All right. I was just That's, checking. That, I mean, talk up the Shark Week. I've been watching Shark Week the past <laughs> 10 minutes in here, and I forgot to bring my headphones in. But yeah, I'll skip them during go. the break. All right. Let's just get it over with right now. Let's get right? it over with I mean, right how now, many man. freaking times are we going to talk about Shark Week this week? Uh, well, it is Shark Week, so I imagine probably the whole week we'll talk about it. Yeah. You're, Let's, like, really a fan of it. Yeah, big time. Now, did I watch Shark Week last night? Yes. And was it absolutely trash? Because, so, like, so, the way Shark Week works, I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, but they, like, they air, like, the new stuff at night. So it's, like, prime time. So, like, usually, like, around 8 o'clock or 9 o'clock, they release, like, the new Shark Week stuff. And last night, it was corny, it was cheesy, and uh, it was not entertaining. You so. mean, like, the last five years of Shark Week, well, no, like, I mean, Sharknado no, and so all that? I mean, like, that's not corny and cheesy and everything else? Uh, Sharknado is its own special <laughs> entity. That's a part of Shark Week. Brent, step your game up. But I'm saying last night, they had, like, a bunch of comedians hosted by our friend Rob Riggle, who I'm a big fan of. Uh, but, um, join the show, friend it, of the program. Yeah, exactly. But basically, it was a bunch of comedians that got in the water and were hanging out with sharks. Uh, but it was a little more corny and cheesy than it actually was fascinating or knowledgeable. I got you. Yeah. Brent Martino, Austin Lane. Coos is here. We're all fired up. Yeah. We got like a full week of football this week. So uh, Jags are actually off to start the week, but high school football started today. Stuart Weber will join us in just a little bit, talk some high school. We'll have some fun stuff to talk about uh, tomorrow, especially from our high school media day. We're going to do a two-and-a-half-hour webcast on actionnewsjacks.com. We're going to share it right here on ESPN 690 on our Facebook page as well. So uh, we will have a ton of high school football coverage and more all fall long. Some exciting stuff going on uh, between the brands on TV and radio uh, with the big action Sports Jacks logo right in the middle of it. So we're excited about that. Deron Wiley, coach of the two-time defending state champion, Reigns Vikings, will join us uh, toward the bottom of the hour as uh, day one of football gets underway in high school. Florida State Seminoles got some uh, commitments over the weekend. Uh, you know, Florida as well. Uh, got a quarterback commit uh, late Friday night, early Saturday. And uh, Friday night lights, Saturday night lights, big recruiting days if you're into that stuff. Uh, so we are full-fledged college football uh, going on as we count down to Florida, Miami on August 24th. But uh, always the Jags here on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. We'll have that covered uh, throughout most of the afternoon. Have some interviews. DJ Chark, DJ Hayden. We have the talking DJs, <laughs> uh, which is appropriate on yeah. the radio side, I guess. Uh, so we will hear from those guys. Jalen Ramsey hit the microphone uh, yesterday. And uh, always interesting to hear Jalen on the mic. Mm-hmm. Always sparks conversation. And uh, he did just that. So you hear from uh, Jalen Ramsey. But how about a day off for the Jags? You yeah. said it. I mean, you, you had the tweet yesterday. I think it was. That when you had a day off, uh, uh, just to circle back to Shark Week, Here we you had are a again. day off in Chi- Chicago. Yes, your quote was, "Yeah, you can't wait for it because Shark Week is coming." I, that wasn't that was not verbatim. That, that, was that more wasn't like verbatim. Yeah, it's, it's pretty close though. Pretty close. But yeah, these guys must love like a day off right now, especially oh, given this to. schedule. They're excited about this schedule, mm-hmm. but they get off the field at you know like noontime yesterday, and I'm sure they had meetings and, and everything, but. I'm also sure they didn't really have much of a curfew last night and that yeah. kind of thing. So 
you know, you get a little breather. Maybe it's a 30-hour window, whatever it is, but that probably feels like an eternity this time of year. It does, and what a lot of players would do, especially in camps like Kansas City or Chicago where you're at, you're at a college campus, you're staying in the dorms, usually when you have that day off, you actually get a hotel room and you just kind of treat yourself a little bit. You stay in the hotel room for that night, and that way you have you know you have a TV at your disposal, you have your own shower at your disposal, uh, you have everything there. So, um, you know, it's kind of nice to get away a little bit, but people want to think like all the day off is just about laying around not doing anything and while some players may apply it to like that a lot of players take that benefit to, to get uh back healthy again you know whether it's uh getting like a massage whether it's going in for extra treatment whatever it is um a lot of players take full advantage by taking care of their bodies yeah take care of the body's a big thing uh so far knock on wood jags have been okay on the practice yeah. field uh aj boyer thomas rawls held out because of sore uh, hamstrings yesterday, and it seems like A.J. Boye's been a little nicked up, whether it's a toe or an ankle or a hamstring, or and those are the things that happen in camp. You know, That's a little bit why the Jags are doing the schedule the way they are, and Jalen Ramsey talked about it, uh, Doug Marone, he said, Doug's doing looking out for us pretty much, doing us a yeah. solid, I think he said, and that's interesting that the players appreciate that right now, and some of it, by the way, don't misconstrue it as soft, easy, all those other things. It's more they're ramping it up. Mm -hmm. uh, the feedback that, at least from players, of what they're saying, they went into Doug Marone and said, listen, we just we started like right off the rip. We reported. We got our uniforms, and bam, we were at it like 110%. So like, maybe that's why we had some of those issues and felt soreness and, and pushed it a little too hard because you don't want to leave a rep or leave a practice and, and be on the bike, all those things. So I think the feedback you get is, hey, let's not, we don't want to necessarily be an easier camp, mm -hmm. but we want to be a gradual climb in this camp. It'll be interesting to see where that kind of crescendos, right? Where does it go? Uh, but right now it's kind of a slow build and uh, you can see it with Josh Allen, the rookie. I mean, Josh Allen has been very slow to come along, not necessarily because he's hurt, still hurt, more so because they didn't really see him in the spring. So they said, you know, we're going to take our time with this guy. He's done some stuff off to the side with the trainers, and then he's also done some stuff on the field, getting some reps, uh, maybe dropping back into coverage. <clears throat> oh, for real? A time or two. Nah. Uh, <laughs> that couldn't be right. What is that, a 3-4 defense? Nah. They're a 3-4 defense in Jacksonville. No one's saying that. Uh, I tell you, I was talking to somebody over the weekend. Or I was, maybe I was just looking at some tweets of people that were tweeting out or at, during practice or watching practice. I'm like, oh, this son of a gun. He's got to be right about this. these wrinkles in this defense. Eh, what are you going to do? We'll find out. We'll yeah. find out if that's well, the case. Let me ask you this. So, unfortunately, I couldn't make it on Sunday. First day of, uh, of the padded, you know, pads, first padded practice. How was the energy? Because yeah. I've I've read some mixed things online and even some people that have gone to the practice. Yeah, kind I of thought it was okay. Yeah, yeah. Nothing that jumped out at me. And, and is the energy supposed to jump out? I mean, probably, I guess. Uh, I, you know, I don't go to these practices and look at them like Doug Marone should look at it. You know, yeah, I'm not yeah. like, oh, what are they giving me today? I mean, <laughs> I, I really don't. I mean, yeah. I, don't, I don't look at it that way. I don't feel that out there. Uh, and so I... I didn't sense anything like, oh, my goodness, it it looked different. It sounded a little different because I had some pads on. Yeah. But, again, I think I think some of that is to what I'm talking about. Some of that's yeah. the ramp up. Some, yeah. You know, they'll go live now. I mean, Doug Marone, the last couple of training camps, has gone live 11 on 11 mm -hmm. at times. You know, people are like, what are you doing? Yeah. I mean, there was a practice, I think it was two years ago, but it might have been last year, where Leonard Fournette was over the top in practice. 
going into the end zone. They're like, whoa, my goodness. Everybody's like, this isn't supposed to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think uh, it'll be interesting to see, again, where does the ramp up go? Do you feel that energy? Do people uh, notice that? Do they feel it? And when does that come? Now, remember, they've got this week, and then they go to Baltimore next week. And naturally, when you go play against a team, you kind of ramp, ramp up. it up anyway. Especially against the Ravens, who are Ravens a are physical, physical team yeah. so on it, both sides of the ball. I, I think uh, it's going to be fascinating to watch it play out. And why I'm fascinated with that part of it is, you know what? Whatever they did in 2017 worked. Whatever they did in 2018 didn't work. Mm-hmm. And they did it about the same. It was a similar approach to camp in 17 or 18. I don't want to talk for Doug Marone. They might have tweaked some things and changed. But from the outside looking in, it was a similar approach. It was yeah. a hard camp. Mm-hmm. guys. It was a hard training camp. And in the first year, it worked perfectly. Second year, not so much from injuries and, and just the overall record and whatever. And so when it doesn't work, you go back and fix things. But I kind of the inner battle in that building might be like, well, how much do we have to fix considering it worked two years ago? Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So I always think that when Jack Del Rio was here, it would be every camp was something different. You'd mm-hmm. go the morning and the night. Right. You'd go, hey, this was going to be a hard camp. Ah, it's going to be less of a camp. We're going to tackle more in camp because back in that at that time you could tackle. Oh yeah, more. yeah. So yeah. it it must be, and then you just keep your fingers crossed. You know, I mean, it must be just a, a hard thing to put your arms around as a coaching staff and say this is the way we want to approach it. But at the end of the day, they're all doing the same thing, keeping their fingers crossed that nobody gets hurt, or at least you have few injuries and no devastating injuries. And that's the, that's the big point. You know, when when people report back to me of, of how the, the first padded practice was, and they may say it was with lack of energy, there wasn't a lot of hitting, uh, maybe there wasn't a lot of intensity, I only ask them one question. Did anybody get seriously hurt? And if they say no, then guess what? It was a good practice. It yeah. was a successful practice. Because this is a marathon. This isn't a sprint. And listen, if, if somebody wants to get on their porch and say, well, back in my day, I can be one of those guys. Because I come from the from the day of, of real two-a-day practice with Jack Del Rio. I, I come from you wearing two full padded practices. You're hitting. You're going live. Doesn't matter who you are. You know, you're, you're taking some shots. And is that beneficial? Maybe, but for four or five straight weeks, absolutely not. Because at the end of the day, the most important part is that the guys arrive healthy into uh, into the regular season. Now, yes, there are there are jobs up for uh, for discussion, and guys are trying to fight for for their battles and everything like that. And sometimes you have to bring up the intensity to see who rises to the top. You know, but for, as far as the the whole, you know, we got to push our guys as hard as possible. We have to make them uncomfortable because in doing so, it's gonna let us win a Super Bowl. I think that those days are gone. You know, I mean, the, 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 there might be some old school kind of coaches that share that philosophy, but honestly, I think those days are long gone. And even now. the old school guys have seemingly, or they've just had to come around on it because of the CBA. I don't think Tom Coughlin's come around on it. I no, think he no. swears at that CBA every day he's in that building. <laughs> quite frankly, yeah. but like, did you ever get hurt in camp? Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm saying yeah. to the point where you couldn't make it to the season. I'm trying to remember. Um, yeah, I mean, I had I, a torn labrum in camp, but I played with that until week six or seven. Well, my point is then the hard camp, the two-a-days. I know yeah. the CBAs change it, but did yeah. you see more benefit for you as a football player with the two-a-days as you think they are now where it's so much more light where you can't practice tackling? You can't do some of those things. No, I mean, as far as you know, the old school two-a-days compared to now, I mean, I really didn't see any benefits from going two practices a day because yeah. at the end of the day, your body's gassed, your body's worn out, and you got to think by the time you get back on the field, you're not exerting 100% effort because it's not there anymore. You know, I would, I would rather, if I was a coach, I'd rather have a team come out feeling fresh, feeling ready to go, feeling ready to perform to the best of their abilities, 
and show a good product on the field. The last thing I want to do is have a team that's banged up, sore, tired, whatever it is, just overall gassed, put a crappy product on the field. Because yeah. then th- that's a direct reflection of me, and that makes me look bad as a coach. Absolutely. So. That's part of the puzzle piece. Uh, more to come, ESPN 690. Thanks for hanging. Hope you had a good weekend, everybody. To be honest, I don't care if I was 80 this year. I, I'm, I'm happy to be on that game, dude. I used to play that game growing up. I still get it from me and, and play it and throw myself on offense and punt return. Coach Flip, Coach Joe, I feel super grateful and blessed to even be on the game. Almost every day I holler at Flip. <laughs> That's a hard one to follow with Jalen Ramsey, but he was asked about his Madden rating. And he said, I doesn't care about the Madden rating, just blessed to be on the game, which is cool. Good pers- uh, um Look at it, mm-hmm. and because uh, I couldn't figure out the other word I was trying to say, and uh, <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, and then he also threw in there, "Hey, I want to play some offense." Yeah, you know, and he yeah. says he gets on flip all the time. And I, yesterday, out of practice, he was like, show, or over the weekend, at some point, he was showing some basketball moves off. Oh, Listen, so this guy is an unbelievable athlete, and it raises the question: you know, should he be moved around? You know, I mean, Deion Sanders, who. This guy's trying to chase from a cornerback perspective. Return punts. I think he might have played a little offense at time. I don't remember what Dion has in his career if he had some catches, but I feel like they might have put him out there at times in his career. Definitely, obviously, the punt return stuff was big, and I'm not saying Jalen's going to do that, although he's talented enough where he probably could do that. Move him around. Uh, he can play free safety. I think we might see Jalen Ramsey at free safety a little bit this year. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like we might see him there. Uh, at times. Not a lot, but I think just kind of a, a little wrinkle here or there. And we've talked about it. It's a tough thing to do because why would you take him away from playing corner? So I guess it would have to be a specific look, specific matchup, all those things. But I, 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 I'm intrigued by the idea of him even playing free safety at some point. But on the offensive end, can you put him somewhere? Could he do something? Could you put him out there just to run? Now, what do you do? You run the risk of getting hurt. Okay, but it's freaking football. You run the risk of getting hurt all the time. I know it's a little different being the guy tackling someone than being the guy getting tackled. So you got to be a little cautious. Yeah. You know, it's one of those things where if you put him out there on offense, the fans would erupt. The fans would be like, yeah, let's do it. You get hurt. You're the biggest moron that's ever coached football in, in your, in the history of the game because you got him hurt. So to answer your question, Deion Sanders in 1996 for the Dallas Cowboys had 36 receptions. He had that many catches? Yep. 36 receptions. Oh, wow. I didn't realize he had played for, that much on offense. 475 yards. That was his, uh, I mean, that was really the only season where he, he was He played that much receiver. on offense. Yeah. Holy cats. I did 67 not realize. 67 targets. What was, oh, that was, that was my, those were my college years. There you go. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> played a, that must have played been a it. little bit, like a minorly in uh, Atlanta, six receptions back in 93, but that, that, that one year, I 96 in Dallas. That. 36 receptions, 475 yards. That's like what leading the Jaguars the last decade in catches. (laughs) Uh, So I love the idea of this. You know, again, a little. It's a speaking of flip. It's a little flippant in terms of its discussion. I think he's kind of kidding. At the same time. I don't know if he should kid about it. It might be kind of a fun thing to do. This guy is so talented. He's so so good. Uh, You know, I. There are a few guys, you know, what I really like in sports, and, and I guess I'm just in awe of sometimes in sports and envy in sports, is when you look at a guy or, or a, a female athlete for that sake, and in their sport, they are just a physical specimen. Hmm. Because it's like there just aren't people made like that. 
You know, I mean, even in golf right now, you look at Brooks Kepka, they don't make guys that look like that. I mean, and we're not talking like physical specimens in golf very often. But you, yeah. you talk about it in, in football. We talk about with Josh Allen. This dude looks the part. You know, I mean, there are guys that get on the football field and they look the part more than others. There's no uh, basketball. LeBron James. I mean, isn't that why you're drawn to LeBron James? It's like, holy cow. I mean, how can a Zion guy. Zion Williamson now. Zion Williamson. So all those. I think that's always fascinating. Well, Jalen Ramsey is that to me. See, you don't really. Jalen Ramsey has long arms. He's long in general. He's a big guy. But it's this. It's his torso to his shoulders that go east to west <laughs> for a long time. Yeah. I mean, the broadness of his upper body, in my opinion, isn't really talked about enough from his physical traits because that's what makes a guy like him pretty physical player. Mm-hmm. Right? That's what gives him the physical nature. His long arms, you can lock down corners. I mean, there's a lot of guys that can, well, not a lot, but there's a good amount of guys that can do that because of their length. Mm-hmm. And that was became the new wave. Actually, Seattle started that, right? They wanted length, length, length. They brought that here. But then to add to the physical broad nature of his shoulders and chest area, give him kind of at times can be kind of a violent tackler. Like he's a good tackler. It's fun to watch him bring someone down. He's strong. And I don't think that part of his game is talked about enough. I say it a lot about Miles Jack. Miles Jack is such a good athlete that we talk about his athleticism. Yet we don't talk about his violent nature on the football field from the linebacker spot. I mean, he will pop somebody into tomorrow. And so that's the part I appreciate about those guys' games, maybe more than we talk about. You know, we don't talk about it enough. And I just feel like, Jalen, you could put him out there uh, for the Orlando Magic, and he'll go score 16 <laughs> points. You could probably put him on a baseball field, and he'll run down a fly ball. Uh, I'm not sure he can hit. Cause put him on different. skates, too. He says he played in the NHL as well. <laughs> so there you go, man. Here you go, Iceman, Buffalo. Give a call. Yeah. Uh, so he says he can. I'm not sure. I'd have to see that yeah. uh, before I believe that well, one. That's I'm, a little different. W- w- uh, I'm willing to hire my services, Jalen. Give me a call, man. I'll, I'll get you skating in no time. It, you know, if you put him on a volleyball court, he'd probably be hammering the thing. Yeah. You know, I mean, just he's just that kind of athlete. I mean, we talk about 1% athlete. He is a special breed of athlete is what i'm getting at so why not try over on the other side of the ball not a lot but for a wrinkle would you do it absolutely not first of all hey, did, 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 sold you on first it. of all we kind of did but i'm not sure if jalen ramsey blocked him on twitter again and you're trying to get back in his good graces or what's going on here <laughs> i don't here. care about jalen's club anymore i really don't quite the speech that you gave and and i will come with you on it and say i agree with pretty much everything that you said but i cannot agree when we're talking about in terms of playing him on offense um because if you want to show that philosophy, then why isn't Miles Jack playing on offense as well? Miles Jack is the guy that was playing running back a little bit at UCLA. Go ahead and give me Miles Jack to spell out Leonard Fournette on a fourth one on the goal line. Well, let's go ahead and let Miles Jack run up the middle. Why not? Because the risk of injuries are, are there. Um, and listen, hate playing scared. All I want, all I want Jalen Ramsey to do if I'm a Jaguars fan is I want him to point out the number one receiver, whoever it is, and say go get him and stay on him the whole game. And that's all we need you to do. That's what we're paying you to do. If for some reason, and you know, uh, when, you, when you mentioned this, I think back to JJ Watt. You know, when he was playing for the Tech, when he was yeah. playing for the Texans and doing the whole tight end thing, and that panned out really well for him because he would line up at tight end or he would split out wide, and you knew the ball was going to him every single time. And guess what? Every time the ball went to him, he caught a touchdown. So much for the fact that people started to draft him a couple years ago at tight end, just because <laughs> he had like six or seven, if I'm not mistaken. Fantasy football. Fantasy football. So. 
to me, if, if you're like a if you're a D lineman playing tight end, that's different. Because um, all things considered, I feel like you don't take as much abuse, especially by the goal line, um, as you would a wide receiver. Just because if you're a tight end and you're in goal line, you're either getting the ball or you're going to block. But you're pretty much doing the same things that you do on the defensive line. Playing wide receiver is a little different, you know. Um, heaven forbid you go in the middle and you know you get blindsided by somebody and it you know it hurts your career and everything. So I see what you're saying about Jalen Ramsey, where he is the special athlete, he is one of a kind, and I totally get that. But I just need him to cover the the the, the, the top wide receiver and lock him down. And as long as he can do that. Yeah, you have a chance to win every single time. Yeah, it's it's interesting in this branding of player how much uh, like I think he was joking a little bit at the podium, but I don't think he's joking. I think he wants to go play over there. I think yeah. he wants to because because he knows he's so special as an athlete. It's like I, I'm convinced Tishon Gibson the last couple of years said I'm bored back here. Let me get closer to the line of scrimmage so I can play and make plays. I want to mm-hmm. be a playmaker, guys. Now that's where you got to be a little careful. You can't. It's a team game, right? Mm-hmm. So you can't get too selfish in, in how you look at that, but you also want to utilize your talents. See, I wouldn't have a problem with Miles Jack playing running back near the goal line. I mean, these guys have played both ways all their well, not all their life. I mean, but coming up through high school and and they're and I know they were bigger than everybody else and probably better than everybody else, so unlikely to get hurt. I, I just don't know how much it magnifies the oh my gosh, you're going to get hurt. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I get it. I mean, I get why people worry about. It. I get why if I was a coach, I'd worry about it. And like I said earlier. It would be this. The stadium, TIAA Bank Field, if Jalen Ramsey were to line up at wide receiver, would he just everybody would come up on their feet. Yeah. I really think so. Like, I think everybody, if they were smart enough to notice it and see it, and then that big video board showed him running out to receiver, I think people would start going nuts. But like I said, you would be the biggest moron in the history of coaching if he got hurt. Of course. It's, it's all, so that's what are the you risk? gaining from it? From what are you losing from it? Yeah, so what, what are you gaining? You're going to gain a publicity where people are going to talk about you because you put Jalen Ramsey at wide receiver for a couple of plays. Well, shoot, Dion had 36 catches for 475, man. That, that was for one year, though. And oh, so what happens? He scores a touchdown, and it's the top ten on SportsCenter. Fantastic. What's the downside? He gets hurt, and you look like an idiot, and you lost the franchise. I think the cons outweigh the pros tenfold. Jalen. I'm trying, man. Did he blo- I'm, tr- he, I'm trying he, he to get you more money, Brent. man. He he must have blocked. I'm Brent trying to get you more money in a contract here, Jalen. Oh, uh, yep. Hope you're Brent listening. got blocked again. Here we are again. I want to talk a little high school football. I'm not football done with Jalen, by the way. I got some more okay, Jalen okay. conversation a little bit later. But next, a uh, little high school football talk. It started today. Buckle up the chin strap. Next on ESPN 690. Oh, it's my favorite time of the year. I have like 10 different favorite times of the year, but I really like today and the next couple of days because high school football starts, too. It's not just the NFL. We've been covering the Jags uh, for obviously the last few days. Jags open training camp. The Gators are in camp. The Knolls are a couple of days away from it. So college football um, has started all over the place, too. But today it's high school football. We love high school football. I always say this. If you do what we do, TV-wise, radio-wise, and you don't like high school football, you're in the wrong business. And to me, it's the barometer of a sports guy. Really is in local sports, you know. And that's uh, we're not good enough to be anywhere anything but local sports. It's all the Weber. excitement of the game without the giant national prestige. You have to love the game and you have to love the atmosphere. 
because that is what is the root of high school football. Well, and it's getting away from this a little bit because of the five stars, three stars, four stars, all the social media hype. And so you have to be careful and we'll ask Duran Wiley about this in just a minute. But it's still, to me, the most genuine level of sports we cover. We don't cover middle school. We don't cover Pop Warner. And so the high school level is still where you get the genuine reactions. Now, these kids are getting smarter. They're almost concerned about their brand a little bit, too. <laughs> Recruits and five stars are treated like NFL players at times. So we're losing a little bit of that. But I think we still have a good part of it in community and uh, really no better place than Reigns. We're going to talk about in just a minute. Yeah, Friday night is the great equalizer because you can have five stars and you can be this great prospect. But if you don't give me a highlight for my camera, you're not going to make the highlight that night. That's not, that's not how it works. It's the great so selfish, man. I guess so, man. Welder's so selfish. He's yeah. the ultimate team player sometimes, yeah. but he's really selfish when it comes to that camera. Well, this guy's not selfish at all. And what he's done at Reigns High School uh, in Duval County uh, is, is really nothing short of amazing how they've brought Reigns football back. Back-to-back defending state champions now uh, for Duran Wiley and the Reigns Vikings. Coach, first day of football. How you doing, man? I'm doing very well. How you guys? Oh, we're fantastic. Brent Martineau, former Jags player, Austin Lane. Stuart Weber here as well with you, Coach. Uh, All right, what you got? You got that same tingly feeling you've had for the last uh, couple of decades uh, when you walk out on that field or what? I do. Uh, I I just know the road will be a little tougher, but uh, the same vibe, the same just or about yourself, it still exists. Absolutely. Uh, well, you just heard me talk a little bit about high school football. How, how different is it now uh, with the kids, with the recruiting, with especially when you get good, like you guys are, defending uh, state champs back-to-back? There's a popularity about that, right? There's a little stardom at times, especially in the state of Florida, to high school Friday nights. Well, no doubt about it. You know, when you have a little success, you know, things kind of change. But, you know, Nothing, the one thing that shouldn't change is the work, you know, the preparation that you've always put into it. You know, you can't get real relaxed. You gotta, you gotta kind of pick it up a little bit more because, you know, you, the, the stakes became a little, get a little higher and, uh, so that you, you know that you become the hunted as well. So, um, it, it, it definitely, it, uh, it picks up a little bit. Duran Wiley, uh, Reigns Vikings head football coach, uh, been a part of that program for so long now and done a great job with it uh, here on ESPN 690. Coach, I remember talking to you, I would say it's probably about a handful of years ago, a handful of years now. And I think uh, it was I did a story with you and Anthony Flynn, your mentor. Yes, sir. Um, Yes, sir. And at that time, you guys were not winning a ton of football games or not enough football games. And it felt like to me now you didn't say so I'm not going to put words in your mouth, but it felt like you were almost if you can be on a hot seat in high school football it kind of felt like you might have been uh you could feel some of the pressures uh, of not winning enough games at reigns well here you are a few years later back-to-back state championships uh talk about that journey a little bit uh how is there any accuracy well, in what i'm saying there from like a handful well, of years no, ago well maybe a little but it was you know it was pretty much self self-inflicted you know i don't think you know because again i took over the program the program was two two and eight uh I didn't take over range when it was at a high level at, at that current time. So every year we've gotten better. So the pressure from that, no, I think the pressure from within, you know, me putting the pressure on myself to uh, kind of make it be a, you know, make a difference and, and try to get back to being elite is what I tried to do. So uh, we were always knocking at the door and uh, finally we just kicked it in. And I think, um, you know, that was the growth and that we, you know, we, we, we showed that we matured and everything. So um, it was, it was, it was quite a journey. 
Coach Stuart Weber here. You mentioned that it's going to be harder this year. Obviously, it's always harder to repeat, but it's also harder when you move up a classification. How different is it going from 4A to 5A? I know the one positive about that is that you now have a bunch more local rivals in the district. You're actually in a district with Reigns in that Reigns and Rebolt back in a district matchup. But how much harder is it to go from 4A to 5A? Well, obviously, the competition, I think it's a little tougher. Uh, uh, the road to get there is a little tougher, so you have to be very prepared. You know, you're in, in camp, you're trying to, you know, get the right guys on the bus and get them in the right seat. And uh, and, 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 and just, you know, let the team know there's a bigger challenge ahead of, ahead of us. So that's the main concern right now. And uh, we, 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 what we want to do is just, you know, not do too much different, but, of course, improve, but yet, we want to come out every day and just be efficient because we know that the road ahead, um, it, it's no more bye week. You know, you're out of the regular season, you got four straight playoff games in order to get to the game. So it's, it's a little tougher. Duran Wiley, Reigns football head coach, uh, with us on ESPN 690. Brent Martineau, Austin Lane, Stuart Weber here on a Monday as high school football season opens up for everyone. High school media day will be tomorrow, uh, Baker Sports Media Day at UNF, so we're looking forward to that. Coach, when you win back-to-back state championships, when you have laid the foundation in a program, uh, don't take this the wrong way, but do you have to coach as much? And what I mean by that is, don't, haven't you set the standard where guys that walk through that door, that locker room, into that weight room, they walk through that sign that says the graveyard at Reigns High School, don't they already know there's like this self-implied pressure to keep up and kind of accomplish what the guys before them have? No, that's, that's, it sort of has some relevance to it. You know, I think you want to call it the culture. You know, when you walk through the doors, walk in the locker room, you should feel the pressure to perform to execute, to be, you know, to, to, to be attentive. And so those things kind of come to the forefront. You know, when you have had some success, you know, you you want to believe that the majority of, of the locker room can, you know, reel anyone new in and, and tell them the, the, the way we do things and, and how we do it. So, yes, that's, that's, that is true. On the field with the X and O's, of course, now, you got to pick that up because, again, Everybody's looking for you, mm-hmm. and everybody's trying to beat you. So it's it's a it's a little tricky there. Coach Austin Lane here. When you mentioned winning state championships, one of the biggest things you want to take from that is having the ability to show something from that, um, whether it's a, a ring or a champion, you know, like a, like a trophy. And how surprised were you that you had people actually donate to the school and make sure all the players had rings and how much that not only mean to you, but to the players as well to receive those rings for being a state champion. Man, it was huge. I mean, just to know that the people, the support, the people care, they, that with that, the accomplishment matters to them and in the community, it, it, it takes a, you know, it, it's a real, you know, great feeling because you always want to think and believe that people are appreciative of the work of, of the success. So, it makes you. It, it kind of brings things full circle for you in in in, in terms of you know uh, the accomplishment and, and and the fans and it brings us all closer together. Duran Wiley Reigns, Vikings head coach, with us on ESPN six ninety. All right, I haven't even asked you yet. We're five six minutes into this thing, and uh, how good are you this year? What do you like about your football team? Well, I, you know, based off the summer work, uh, those guys have shown me that they're tough, they're willing. And they 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 want it, and uh, you know the, the, what that means. What that means in terms of uh, you know games, uh, 
you don't have to play them. But, you know, as far as the preparation, the things that you can control, you get out here and do, uh, summertime, show up, they've done that. And uh, I'm so I'm excited to work with them in fall camp to try to see can we put it all together. I want to ask you about a guy, Solomon Kinley. We did a story on uh, your big offensive lineman when he was in high school. He was the lifeguard over there at Reigns one summer. Yes, and, well, now he might just be one of the best offensive linemen in the country. He might be, and I think he will be, a future yes. NFL player. Uh, yes. How proud of you or of him are you? And is there any surprise at how successful uh, he has become while at the University of Georgia in Athens? Well, I tell you what, I'm, I'm overly proud of him. I talked to him about three nights ago, and I just told him, man, I said, man, I'm so excited for you and your future, man, the things that you've done with your body, you know, being a big guy coming out of high school. But, yet, yeah, man, you, you look at him, he looks up to par, a guy who's really focused on his weight and his nutrition to, you know, slim down and be where he needs to be so that he can be outstanding. And um I can't say enough about how how much he's grown as a person. When you talk to him, you can see you can hear the maturity and obviously see it too. Where he's come a long way and just his development into a complete student athlete. And uh, I look forward to him being a top offensive guard. I told him, I said, to him, make sure that you leave nothing on the field and be the best so I can witness it. That's pretty awesome. It's still got to be the best part of it all, right? Uh, is seeing guys like that grow, mature, where they end up. It doesn't have to be in the NFL, by the way. It might be a good right. husband, good father, uh, good job. Yeah, you know, But it's still got to be – I know state championships are awesome, but I think from right. a coaching standpoint, it's still got to be the best part at your level. Well, no doubt about it, uh, Stuart. That, that is the thing. When you see the growth and maturity in this young man, you know, besides the football, I'm just looking at him as a, as a person. I'm saying, man, this boy has come a long way, and not that he's a bad guy. Don't get me wrong. I'm saying just he's grown, and growth is one of those things that you just to witness is amazing. And uh, he has done that. You know, he's not even caught up in all the accolades. You know, he just wants to be a solid guy and play some great football and, and, and become a great man. And I, I really appreciate him for it. I told him to come back and talk to the kids so they can see you and, and they can see it. Uh, and, uh, and tell your story because it's good for them guys to hear it, you know, and let them know, hey, whatever you're going through, you're not by yourself. And I walked these same, these same halls. I, I came through the same field house, parked on the same field. You can get it done. Just put your mind to it. Think about the good stories going on at Reigns and surrounding Reigns. Back-to-back state championships, football teams uh, really, really good. Uh, Duran Wiley, good man, good coach. You have Ivory Durham winning the national championship at Valdosta. You have Solomon yes, Kinley uh, at Georgia, one of the best offensive linemen in the country. You have Brian Dawkins over the last couple of years getting into the Pro Football Hall of Fame and can't know how Reigns Vikings alum. I mean, man, that's a lot of good mojo. And listen, we all say it. Sometimes uh, Reigns and other schools sometimes can get a bad rap, and we don't like that. We try to defend that because listen to all the good stories I just told, and I'm probably only telling you about 10% of them. Well, no doubt about it. You know, and, and Stuart, that's, that's the, that is exactly how you should say it. There is so much greatness over here, and people just have to 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 to, to just listen and, and 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 come see it because there is so much good over here. You know, the perception is reality nowadays, and I get it. But one thing about it, man, I I'm here. I'm in the fire, and I can see the results. You know, kids are graduating, kids are going to college, kids are going into the military. There are some successful people that's coming out here doing some big things. And understand what what happens on the outside. You can't control it. I mean, what can you do? Uh, all you can do is take the group that you have 
and you you know surround you know circle the wagons with them, and you go to work, man, and, and, and try to be the best you can be. And that's where we are. Let's wrap up with Duran Wiley on ESPN 690 uh, with a couple of quick hitters. Uh, this is like a great day because high school football starts. Isn't it like the worst day, too, because getting, like, pads organized and, like, oh, things God. signed? Yeah. Oh, man, it must be, like, the worst. <laughs> it is the worst, but, you know, it's exciting. You know, you, 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 know, you, you, can't, you can't plan for it. You just got to get in here and get it done. And today is the first day, and we're trying to figure it all out. But once, once the smoke clear, man, we're back on the field. Everybody's on the road to try to do something special. All right, shameless plug here. Favorite place? Where's your favorite place to go to lunch? Around the school? Oh boy, around the school, probably a place called Lunch Break. Okay, so you go to Lunch Break, and my guess is you're like a rock star now. You're a celebrity now. Maybe you always have been, <laughs> but you're a two-time defending state champ at a very proud, tradition-rich Reigns Vikings football program. I mean, can you can you even eat lunch? People probably want to talk to you all the time. Well, you know, when I walk in the door there, they uh they show me great love. You know, a lot of times I get to eat a free meal, but as I eat, I get a lot of taps on my shoulder saying, "Coach, how's it looking?" So hey, I tell him it's looking good. And, and last one for you: you have two state titles. You're still a young guy now. I see a little gray in the beard. These, yes, but, sir. But you're still a young guy. How, how much longer do you see this thing, you doing this, and can you become one of those guys that we talk about, like the Corky Rogers of the world and, uh, you know, Joey Wiles and Kevin Sullivan's? And, I mean, could do, do you have do you have staying power? Do you want to keep doing this for a long time? Uh, yeah, I do. Uh, you know, I've started it, so I need to finish it. Um, you know, I told Coach Rogers when he retired, I, I wanted him to pass me the torch. I want to put the pressure on myself to try to live up to his standard and the expectation that he's laid out for all of us. And uh, so I feel good. I'm, I'm very healthy. My family is good. The support is great. So all I want to do is just keep moving. And uh, I think it's much more in me. All right. Uh, hey, man, we appreciate taking some time. I know it's a real busy day for you, but good luck the rest of the way. And uh, we're doing a special, actually, Marcel Robinson on the TV side on CBS 47 and Fox 30. We're going to do a seven-episode series on the Reigns Vikings football program called Making of a Program, the Reigns Run. So we're looking forward to that. We appreciate uh, you, you helping us out with it. Yeah, no doubt about it. I'm glad to be a part of it. All right. Thanks, Coach. All right. Have a good one. You too. Duran Wiley, uh, Reigns Vikings head coach. Few better, man. He's awesome. He's a fun guy. Even if he did call me Stewart a couple times, that was awesome. That's gonna be a button. Uh, it's radio. We can't see. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. I've been called worse. Um, what do you mean? Wait, well, not what, much what worse. Whoa, 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 whoa! Wait a second. Actually, let me think about that. <laughs> now I'm mad at Coach. Uh, actually, go ahead and ponder a little bit. <laughs> a little pressure on Reigns though to keep it up. I mean, listen, I, I, I think it's insane to say, hey, can they go win a three, you know, three p? This is a Duval County hadn't won a public school state title in 20 years. Now, all of a sudden, they've won back-to-back. Mandarin won one as well. High school football is fun, man. It is. Uh, big challenges ahead for the season. And, of course, we'll be there to track it all the way. Let's stay on high school football for yeah. another uh, couple minutes after the break. Just what we can expect. Anything change. And then uh, we'll do a lot of high school football tomorrow. Again, uh, we'll have a webcast from 9.15 to 11.45 at Baker Sports Media Day. Uh, that's coming up at UNF Arena tomorrow morning, 9.15 to 11.45 on Action News Jackson. Uh, we'll have that on the Facebook page on ESPN 690 as well. So more to come. A little high school, then back to the Jags. A little balling and and it was a wild weekend in sports. And now I've told Ty and Kaylee to put away the bats and the gloves and pick up Fortnite. Better believe it. Oh, my. It's all next on ESPN 690.
Hey, welcome back. Action Sports Chats on ESPN 690. Good to catch up with uh, Duran Wiley. Let's get to uh, South Beach Gary real quick. He's been hanging around, and then we'll get a little nugget or two on high school football before we hit the top of the hour and balling and falling coming up soon enough. What's up, man? I'm going to go back in the time machine to 73 or 74 to behind closed doors by the Silver Fox Charlie Rich. Mm, very good. I'll have to look that one up. Oh, you don't know that song? Really? No. Austin, you got to know that song. Uh, if I heard it, maybe. Not not ringing any bells off the off the head. Oh, I'm sorry. My, oh, my goodness, you guys. You do know sports here, though. Well, I wasn't born then, so, you know. Hey, South Beach well, Gary. You weren't born when Abraham Lincoln wasn't around either, but you heard of him. We're trying not to right. be like the old Didn't guys in songs. town. We're trying not to be the old guys in town. We're trying to kind of make this a little cooler, hipper show, a little more modern show. So 73, 74 is like old school well, sports I, I, show. I believe good music never goes out of style. <laughs> well, you're probably right. Uh, what you got? Hey, guys, guys, forgive me for bringing up the Dolphins again, but it ties into something you were talking about earlier, Brent. Uh, Ramsey playing offense. You know... To let the Dolphin fans in town know, and I know there's more than me, despite what people claim. Yeah, there's two other uh, ones. No, that's funny. But I saw they're using uh, Christian Wilkins on offense, Brent. A little wrinkle. Yeah. Remember they used he's Vrabel? Yep, yep. That makes sense. So they're trying him on offense. Balazs is getting like 50% of the carries with the first-team offense, and uh, it's still uh, Fitzpatrick way ahead of Rosen. Yeah, and I would think that would be the case. I mean, look at all the experience gap alone, you know. If, if anything, he's got to uh, Fitzpatrick's been around the block. He's got to be able to help Rosen at least as far as, you know, reading defense and stuff like that. Guys, uh, were you surprised, Brent, that uh, Stroman, the, the, the Mets acquired Stroman with all the talk about, you know, they were going to trade uh, – Syndergaard, is it the fact that maybe they didn't think it, they weren't happy with the offers for Syndergaard? Are they still going to move him? And uh, and uh, lastly, what do you think about Brooks? Brad, uh, do you still doubt that he can get to 10 majors? I'll chime After in about watching the field yesterday. Yeah, thanks, thanks man. Yeah, Brooks can't get to 10 majors. I don't believe so. We'll talk about Brooks kept coming up in a little bit, but uh, go ahead on Stroman. I'll chime in on Stroman. He's got a very low ERA and an awful win-loss record. He will fit in perfectly on the New York Mets. <laughs> <laughs> well said. And I do think this is probably a sideways move eventually uh, with Syndergaard, so we'll see what happens. I did see a stat, though, on Stroman that is entertaining, at least, for Mets fans, and that is they have the, I think, a 71% fly ball out ratio, which is the worst in Major League Baseball. Stroman is, I think, top four in Major League Baseball in ground ball out ratio. And so, you know, with the way the ball's flying out of the yard, which is a different topic, Schwarber, uh... I think maybe they wanted to get a few more ground balls. So maybe it does make some sense. But they're giving up a lot these days and trying to win with a team that stinks. You know, they're really just not good enough to win at all or win anything, really, um, or even go to the playoffs. It's it's peculiar, uh, to say the least. All right, quick high school football. We're going to be out there all morning oh, tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, what are the big topics? Obviously, Reigns and Mandarin. But what are the big storylines in high school football going into the year? I mean, you always have the constant shuffling of districts. So yeah. new Which rivalries. nobody can pay attention to. Sure. But there's one unbelievable it, district. Yeah, it happens every two years. You get the big shuffle. And we've always had two 8A teams in our area with Mandarin and Sandalwood. And some of these other schools are getting bigger and bigger and thus joining them. So Nice and I believe it's uh, Nice, Oakleaf, and Bartram Trail yeah, are the three that are joining those two up in 8A. Uh, so now you have a, you've got a district with Bartram Trail, Oakleaf, 
Mandarin sandalwood. You just let that sink in. I yeah, mean, say it a couple times and it, it's a, good. That's going to be a powerhouse district and a lot of fun to watch. Uh, the the playoff point system changes again, um, so that you know what happened to Jackson hopefully doesn't happen again this year. Yeah, uh, it's more strength of schedule based. Uh, it yeah, we won't be able to do the calculations anymore. Yeah, you were good at that too. Uh, yeah. And listen, Baker County, Pontevedra, Clay, new coaches, good programs, new coaches. So we'll uh, we'll talk a lot about that in the morning. Yep, uh, going to be fun. The this live stream, of course, on the Action News Jacks Facebook page, nine fifteen to eleven forty five tomorrow morning. We will be there. A lot of high school football and a couple announcements tomorrow regarding yeah. ESPN six ninety and high school football too. Uh, we'll be back, balling and falling, and back to some uh, NFL talk after this. So you just got a comment, text. Was that a text? Text. Somehow in there it had uh, balls. I, I, I wouldn't recall. Somehow it. in there it had high school. All right, going to Somewhere it had foot. Somewhere in there it had blue. He's come some, up with some really big loose balls, and he just did it again. That pretty much sums it up right there. Yeah. yeah. Listen, I teased some ESPN 690 high school football stuff, but I said for tomorrow. So we'll, we'll unveil some. We probably already did hint it a little bit yeah. last week, but and it's coming up tomorrow. We'll have it. We're trying to final details. So we don't want to push anything too early. Um, tomorrow we'll have some fun stuff. ESPN six ninety, the big action sports jacks brand, CBS forty seven, and Fox thirty. Brent Martineau, Austin Lane, back here on a Monday. Hope you had a good weekend. Pretty wild sports weekend on a lot of fronts. Some unbelievable performances from the world of sports and <clears throat> gaming. Kuz uh, is here as well. <laughs> Let's go balling and falling. Speaking of balls. Are, are, are we doing this right now? All right. All right. Listen, everybody. Kids uh, or anybody that lives in their parents' basement, um, if you're over the age of 18, feel free just to not – I mean, I want you to listen to the station because we, we need the listeners, but feel free to tune me out for the next uh, three or four minutes here. Um, okay. The, the next time your parent comes in the room or your roommate while you're playing Fortnite and they tell you to – you know, get out in the world and be productive. Uh, get out there and be somebody. Stop playing video games and, and waste your life away. I want you to do exactly what Uncle Austin tells you to do here. I want you to put your juice box or your monster energy down. Calmly, calmly ask your parents how much money they're making. One would assume that it's going to be below $3 million. If that is the case, then I want you to say this to them. I'm just trying to be a millionaire and support the family because we need it. What am I talking about, Brent? Check out this audio here, and then I'll explain more. There's no way anyone beats him. Your Fortnite World Champion, Booga. $3 million richer. The biggest individual prize victory in competitive Millions watching online, and folks, he didn't narrowly win. He absolutely took the best Fortnite lobby in history. Okay, super aggressive, but for a super aggressive reason. 16-year-old Kyra Gearsdorf, a.k.a. Booga, won $3 million in a video game tournament. Three million dollars. That's three million presidential pictures for the. I'm sorry, Coos. Thank you for the correction. For the Fortnite World Cup tournament, uh, it was at Arthur Ashe Stadium. Guess what? Sold out, obviously, because it's video games. People love video games. Um, so if you're a kid out there playing video games, especially Fortnite, 
just show this to your kids. Play play back ESPN 690. Play back Booga winning $3 million and say, guess what? I can get $3 million too. I, how mad are you right now, Brent? How mad are you that Arthur Ashe Stadium got, <laughs> Stadium got sold out? How mad are you that they probably had some of the best ratings on ESPN throughout the whole weekend covering Fortnite? How upset are you right now? I'm not super upset, partly because Ty said to me today, he's like, I wouldn't even want to be that good at video games. Really? Like, I wouldn't want to do million that. Dollars, it's Ty. boring. Mm. Yeah, you know, it's not boring. $33 $3 million. Here's, here's, though, where your narrative is a little bit off base. Okay. Because this is one guy that won three million bucks, right? And I know Hit a couple won goose. a million and a half, right? Yeah, it's, well, it's very like it's like golf. How you know the wherever you place, you get a certain amount. Uh, they pay out a lot of spots. Yeah, yeah. Like there were kids that were walking out there with like nine hundred thousand dollars and wasn't and still pumped. Everybody was guaranteed at least fifty grand, right? If you made that it made to it? that last group, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, okay. they had thirty. They had thirty million total to give out. It's probably after taxes too. Thirty million dollars, unbelievable. Uh, that doesn't surprise. Well, thirty million does kind of surprise me actually. You put it in context today, because the players' champ wins two point two five million. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. that's uh, one of the that's the was largest the- purse I think on tour is the players' championship. And there's, I mean, there's less people involved on the golf side when you're doing that. Like there were so many people involved with this. What was the early entry on this like? I mean, is it like World Series of Poker where you have yeah, yeah, I think hundreds a, of thousands? Yeah, there's a lot of people, and then you qualify, and you, you slowly build up to it. So it's it's not easy to get there. But. Then my point is the same thing as if I said, okay, Ty, here, start playing poker. You, sure. can, be, you can win $10 million playing poker. Yeah. Uh, now, again, you can. But you probably can't be 16 and do it. Yeah, you probably can't but do legally. that. Legally. <laughs> well, yeah. Legally. But the bottom line is one guy in the world is winning $3 million. And I know there are other, these these other payouts. But what's the percentages of kids that are going to cash in? The other thought I have here before John Bachman comes in, he's going to hurt himself. He's waving his arm so much. He's got something to say, and I like it. Does this hurt their amateur status of... Say they go to college and say they played another sport. Seriously, say they did play like golf or baseball, which they probably don't if they're that good at Fortnite. With all due respect, uh, <laughs> but shots have been fired <laughs> from the hater. Hey, I'm serious. Hey, don't. I, no, you think this kid plays well, any hey, sports? And uh, guess what? And I'm sure he the, is playing a sport. And I'm sure the guy who won the World Series of Poker isn't the best tennis player. And I'm sure the guy who won Jeopardy for all that time probably wasn't the best <laughs> basketball player. But I did Fantastic. wonder. Fantastic. Are they? they, they Did they lose their amateur status? I That's a good question. But you got Ty playing baseball. I mean, how many times? Is he, how many? What are, the, what are the odds of him playing baseball in the major leagues? Very little. Co- correct. Kind of like Ty. Very little. Well, uh, but, but anybody's chances of playing in the major leagues—that's my point. Absolutely, John. But the difference here, and the and the thing about gaming, yeah. That, that at least from a oh, this is not, by the way, all my views. I'm just giving the other side yeah. of it. The the, the gaming um, industry and that lifestyle is you're sitting in a room by yourself. Playing a game. Now, okay, well, yeah. you can communicate with other people now, which I actually like that part about the game. Like, Ty's reconnected with a lot of his buddies that he played ball with and is not on the same team by playing Fortnite. So I'm not like this ultra, I'm against the game. But the difference is, at least people would argue you learn life lessons in sports, and whether you make it or not. Et cetera, et cetera. And you're getting sure. out, yeah, doing all that well, stuff. And I would say, in for this kid's perspective, right, like he on, like obviously plays competitively, 
But then he will have his own stream on Twitch, right? Like, yeah. we're on Twitch, yeah. he's on Twitch. My guess is he's got more than 26 followers. And I guarantee you, <laughs> yeah. now that he's and now that he's won, he's going to have a ton of people watching. Well, he'll which probably then go on tour, in, too, right? Yeah, and there's going to bring in endorsements and everything. So he's well, gonna, the money's insane. Yeah. Kids will go and watch these guys play at Daly's Place. They'll, watch, they'll pay 50 to $100 a yeah. ticket to go watch them play at Daly's Place. Well, it, listen, it's the question. I just put it out on social media, and it's a question that I don't think anybody wants to answer with a yes. At least that's in our situation. Uh, in Austin's situation. Because mm-hmm. you can do it with Ronan. Uh, you just, I mean, he's young enough. Well, this is actually a best question for you. Yeah. Do you push your kids to play more video games? We push. <laughs> I wouldn't say push, okay? But you you at least uh, make it available to your kids if they like basketball. Or if they like swimming. Yeah. Or if they like schoolwork, reading. That you give them time to read, to go hit, to go play basketball, shoot hoops, play you soccer. A trainer. You you do a lot of different things like that. Will are we, we reached a point where we push our kids, and I say push lightly because I'm not a big fan of that, um, to say, yeah, go do this, go spend three hours doing this after you do your math homework, so you get good at it. Because there are high schools that will that already are making this a sport. There are scholarships available in college at my alma mater, by the way. They're one of the first to do it. They have scholarships available at Ashland University to play esports. Should we be pushing our kids to do it? It's a great or question. Or at least, at least here's pointing a, them in the direction. Here's what I know. I can't get my, my nine-year-old off the iPad playing all these games that are online right now. I yeah, can't get her off. I know, thing. but they like the candy crushes yeah. of the world. Mm-hmm. I know yeah. that's not the latest game. Wherever I'm just saying they like those yes. kind of games, yes. not necessarily the esports. Like, you got to get right. into the esports category, right. whatever that is. Now, one's Fortnite. Uh, what are the other ones? Overwatch, Rocket League. There's some Apex other ones. Legends. Yeah. What, Madden. Madden. Right? Yeah, Madden's still big. Street Fighter, yeah. So, uh, what's the answer? Star Star Six Ninety, by the way. Do you way. push your kids? Well, well it, I don't want to say, yeah. say direct. Well, I mean, yeah, listen, you know, like, make I'm available. The philosophy. I'm not going to push my kid to do anything. Yeah. He can do whatever he wants to do because well, that's the way I was raised. Well, you're going to push your kid raised. to do his math homework. Well, I'm going to push my kid to succeed in school. Yes. <laughs> um, well, but, hold on. Let me ask you this. Say, you know, he's now playing video games for four hours a pop, and you're like, you got to go out. You got to like, do you go in there and say, hey, you got to go outside. You got to get some exercise in. Well, to be fair, he's not gonna be playing video games until he's older, anyways. Like, right. I'll, I'll be this honest. This dude was skinny. Yeah, yeah, a lot of them are, which is, I, I mean, horrible. It's funny. Time to eat. There's a, there's <laughs> he's playing, and I can't remember the guy's name, but there's like, there's this one Street Fighter pro. It's who's, a diet plan now. You may, <laughs> Wait a minute, I'm doing it. Is. There's one Street Fighter pro that I watch on ESPN all the time. And, like, he's made his living by being, like, the quote-unquote gym bro. So, like, this guy's, like, literally shredded to the teeth. Like, he's ripped, and he's a good Street Fighter player. And he's, like, one of the biggest pros in the world. And I forgot his name. But there are there are the outliers that, like, you know, they have, like, a social life as well. I'm not going to say these kids don't have a social life, Brent, because, yeah, they're pro gamers. But at the same time, look at kids nowadays. Yeah, I mean, it's an unfair label. Your it. kids are the outliers where they love playing sports and everything. But we just talked about it. Sports are, are, are dying in high schools. Well, the other all thing, right? the, the, the turnout is dying. What's up, Goose? That would be worth mentioning. Like, he won the solo one. There is a team one where you have to work together. So in that kind of developing those skills that you may get on a baseball field where you have to communicate, yeah. yeah, you still would get that side of it. Yeah, listen, I, I do believe we are in a time frame right now where you're talking $30 million for this tournament. 
We are talking scholarships. We are in a we are living it right now. You look at a different age and nobody knows what to do with it. It's like when Twitter first came out and Facebook first came out, nobody knew what the hell to do. Like you didn't know what the heck to say. You forget to put ha ha or laugh out loud, you were screwed. You know? <laughs> I mean, like that's where we're at. Yeah, well, video I mean, games. We don't know what we should do. Wait a minute, it's frowned upon. You're not supposed to play for eight hours. Wait a minute, you can make three million dollars if you win. Think about oh, crap. Think about this, Brent. When you and I were growing up, we played baseball. The outliers were the kids who played soccer, right? Yeah. And now my kids, that's all. That's the main thing that kids are playing right now yeah. is soccer. And then so so you know, in five years from now, ten years from now, is it going to be esports? Because that's that's kind of where. That's kind of where it's headed, really, right? I think. I mean, yeah. that's kind of what you're getting and at. follow the money. I yeah. mean, you know, I always said, what's going to replace football if football starts going down? Yeah. Is it really this? It just might be, man. Are we going to stadiums to watch be, esports? you're going to be the old man on the front porch. Oh, can, we cover it? can we cover one of these things? Hey, TV timeout. Hang yeah. through the break, will you? Sure. We'll get John Bachman. What's coming up on CBS 47 and Fox 30? And more ball and falling next. Welcome back to ESPN 690. Bren has now left the room. Probably too much uh, video game talk for him. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully he comes back and he just didn't walk out on the show. Uh, things got a little heated and it may have too heated. But you know what? I'm still joined by John Bachman himself here to talk a little bit of the new stories coming out today. Yeah, we got the TV time on. Well, yeah. we got a couple things going on. Of course, you know, there's uh, the tropical talk is heating up, but uh, Burrish is tracking all that for us. And it looks like so far we're we're okay at the moment, okay. but there is some stuff to watch, and he's doing that. Um, and then we've also got I, I, I always try to find the stories that are most uh, interesting to to the folks in this room. And I thought you'd want to know that um, a popular strip club was shut down by the city today, Austin. Uh, you, mascaras. You, you, is, you uh, have me so pegged, John. Thank you very much, man. Tell me more. Uh, so so uh, there were apparently some code violations at Mascaras. A um, couple of the dancers were, were, were cited. The, the, the facility itself was cited. And uh, the interesting thing is we uncovered that aside from the code violations, there are also there's also another investigation going on so it's temporarily closed right now okay and there is another investigation happening coinciding with that so i i'll tell you more about that coming up at Spoiler five or six. it's probably not that good though the, the investigation the investigation well uh, let me say this yes you may not be surprised as to what they're investigating there okay but they are investigating something else there. i'm intrigued and that's what we call a tease right that there, is everybody. that is a professional grade tease that is great a well, yeah to be honest with you it's really the only reason john's here <laughs> fair but enough that's well, not we, true but we he really, has me hook line and sinker well, right no, now we, we ask him to comment on a lot of other things I, yeah. I i come here yes because i want people to watch of course <laughs> but i also enjoy the conversations i mean you know we where else too. can you argue over esports for you know 15 minutes not many I'm places just, i'm just glad that you're back you can walk out of the show because we're talking esports too much i just had a conversation with Without question, the best voice in the area. Oh. And you're never going to get it. Tim Kirchin doesn't live in Jacksonville. I, I probably should have had him call like on the phone. Like, Come on, Brent. I'll have him call in. Tim Kirchin doesn't live in Jacksonville. Try to pull one over Does on me. Does James Earl Jones coach in Jacksonville? <laughs> I'm telling you what. It's pretty darn close. To James oh, Earl Jones. I know it's a little. That's a little. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's, that's a you, you better. You better deliver on this. I mean, this is a, that's a multi-million-dollar voice. People aren't going to really know. I don't think. Uh, but if you have met this man, is okay. a super nice man, 
And he, what a tie-in today. We had Duran Wiley from Reigns. Yep. And uh, he actually, before Wiley won the last two state championships, this man had won the previous state championship for Duval County with Reigns back in 97. Okay. And that is Welton Coffey. He's now up at Camden County. Okay. And he coached there for a bit, and now he's the AD. And so we're working with him on something high school related, and so he just called me. But if someday, I'll, now, because I teased it like that, I'll yep. get him on the show. Yes. Just so you can hear his voice. Thank you very much. I'm, I'm, I got to hear something, Brett. He's I have tremendous. to hear a, a B-roll or something. Now but... I wish he had left me a message and I yeah, didn't pick I'm up the I'm going to need to hear something. Yeah. Talking this dude up big time. He's, uh, no, it's all, it won't disappoint you. Okay, fair enough. I like it. Like, who's your best voice? Seriously, that, like, you know, like, obviously, Calais Campbell has, like, the voice, but it's not, like, I, I don't know if you'd characterize it from a broadcast, like, James yeah. Earl Jones. No, you know, just no, because it's not quite voice. as crisp. Yeah. James Earl Jones has the, has the, the, the baritone voice, but that he's got that crisp, yeah. Christmas, Christmas, crispness to yeah, it. That that's just, uh, <laughs> I apparently couldn't say it once. <laughs> Uh, but he, but he has that. It's, it's, yeah. it's, 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 it's not just uh, deep. It's, it's, you can, you can, you can feel it. Yeah, I would probably, if I, if I could buy Welton Coffee's voice, you would do it. I would probably mortgage a lot of my house for it. Wow, wow, that's impressive. Yeah. Okay. Seriously, because I think wow. I could make it back. This guy better be like yeah. Morgan Freeman incarnated. Is all I'm going to say. He's good. Okay. I can't wait I to might hear have it. a call in the show. I mean, at this point, you, we almost have to now because we're still on this subject. This guy better be legit. So I'm saying, Brent, better <laughs> right. be legit. You got to probably go do some TV. Is that all you're teasing? I, I mean, he, I mean, he, he had the biggest much tease of the year. I mean, right, right in our wheelhouse. Yep. I was on the phone, so I didn't hear I, all of it. I, I, I try to target the stories. I try to pick stories that I know you Austin's going to be that. interested in. I'm very, like, I, I want to ask him when he leaves. Like, hey, dude, so just give me a little, uh -huh. give, give me yeah. a little hint. Maybe What's I'll going on here? Give you a hint. Yeah, I Did I catch a tail under the story that had something to do with, like, prostitution or something like that? We we don't know. No, see, they're shut down for code violations, right? Yeah. But there's a separate investigation happening right now. Okay, I was just trying to tie a lot of things because you said Austin would be I mean, interested. It, it, it could be a health code. Whoa, 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 whoa. What's going on here? Whoa. Hey, whoa, hey, hey what's going on? Hey. playing video games? Hey. Hey. Wow. I'm interested in that. Wow, Brent. Wow. Those are some pretty big accusations no, coming just, from you, dude. I don't know what you're talking oh, about. Yeah. Wow. I mean, that's... Yeah, let's I'm, get back I'm, to who's the best I'm voice. I'm getting a phone call here <laughs> are we in, are we about in two minutes. Yeah, no yeah. kidding. <laughs> I'm going to step out. Guess what? It's not going to be a nice voice I want to hear. <laughs> Just wait. Can't wait. Bro. Uh, I didn't know where we were going there. Um, how's the weather look I today? am very proud it's... of myself. Boy, am I impressive. <laughs> or not. Uh, how's the uh, weather look? Boris well, got anything he's yeah, tracking? No, we're tracking the tropics. Come on, man. You, you, the, the poor listeners out there are going to have to listen to this twice now, Brent. I said, because you were gone. Yeah, sorry. But I said that. The, you just got to always get burrishing. Yeah, well, he gets well, mad if I don't. He, well, you know, he's very sensitive that way. <laughs> Especially on Thursdays. Actually, contractually, I think I'm obligated to say burrish 26 times a day. <laughs> so I don't know how many Probably times more. that is, but I'm at least three or four. But yeah, he's tracking the tropics. Not too uh, imminent right now, though. So All right. Good deal. Yeah. CBS 47, Fox 30, coming up tonight. I can't wait to see what you sold us. I think you're going to enjoy it.
All right. I can't wait. <laughs> I appreciate you coming in, man. It's been a time and a half. Been a time and a half in here today. I don't today. know if I'm ever coming back. I don't know. Uh, I'm not sure if I don't want to come back. You or Brent right now getting me in trouble. Man. I think Brent's yeah, in I don't the know dark if that was a good moment. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you very much. We'll okay, see you, you tomorrow. We had good a really good you. meeting about this station earlier today. Yeah, we might not have a good one saying. tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> it's not my fault. Uh, oh, how man. About some uh, falling. <laughs> Did you do your balling yet? I don't think I did. <laughs> you, you want to do it? We're just not going to follow the segments anymore and just I do whatever we want. Is this whole thing falling? Yeah. No. Okay, here's here's my uh, balling. It, there's a lot of them I could have picked from. But Kevin Slayton, he played in uh, a local golf tournament, Jacksonville Amateur at Sawgrass Country Club. I think it's home course, too. And he got a hole-in-one on, I want to say, Thursday on the sixth hole. And then in the final round, he got a hole-in-one on a different hole I don't have in front of me. Two hole-in-ones or two holes-in-one yeah. in the same tournament. That's insane. That's what are the balling. odds of that? that? That's beyond balling. That's back-to-back balling. And so then it created a pretty good Twitter topic, okay. at which one I never really got the full answer because it was mixed. Is okay. it if I say Kevin Slayton got two hole-in-ones or two holes-in-one? In the golf tournament. The first one, I think. Two hole-in-ones. Yeah. Because two holes in one would be like combining you a put, hole into yeah. one hole. I had so many mixed responses on this that I don't even know which one Like I believe. Yeah. But I think, isn't there like a grammar police on Twitter? There is, but I'm telling you, it's it's two holes. No, I'm sorry. Now I'm messing it up. Two hole-in-ones. Two hole-in-ones. Ones is plural, yes. Because you're not combining the holes. Right. Yeah. Two hole-in-ones. All right. There you go. I believe you. <laughs> that's but where I'm at. <laughs> anyway, ball it is. I never uh, thought Kevin I'd say Slayton. that in a sentence. You that's incredible, fallen? though, right? No, that's insane. You Absolutely insane. Uh, besides this segment. Um, oh, yeah. Check this out, Brent. Brent, if, I, you know, if I'm a football player, I want my quarterback to be a lot of things. want him to be a leader. want him to be a student of the game. I want him to be a hard worker. And probably most importantly, Brent, what do you want your quarterback to be? Accurate. A winner. Okay. Same. Okay. I mean, yeah. Winner, accurate, whatever. Uh, one thing I don't need him to get at, though, is the Oklahoma drill. Don't need my quarterback to be <laughs> good not. at the Oklahoma drill. Hey, Manny you Diaz. Jersey? Hey, friend, <laughs> friend of the show. Manny Diaz, man. I love you. You got swag. You're on Twitter. You're on Instagram. But why are you having your quarterbacks go through the Oklahoma drill? What are you trying to prove here? I get it. The Oklahoma drill is designed to show who has the heart, who has the grit, who has the tenacity, and I love it. I'm an old school guy when it comes to that. Oklahoma drill is for everybody except the punters, the kickers, and the quarterbacks. They don't need to do it, man. Um, And I get what you're saying. Create everybody as equal and treat everybody like they're the same, but the quarterbacks, they don't train with the linemen or the linebackers in the weight room, right? The quarterbacks do their own thing. Why? Because they're a special type of player. They, they don't need to be lifting a lot of weights. They don't need to be increasing their physique, per se. It's more, more about flexibility. From that same perspective, they don't need to be doing the Oklahoma drills because they're the special kind of player, and the last thing you want to do is see a quarterback get hurt doing a drill that you didn't have to do. Well, you know what it shows me, though, is they got nothing at quarterback. Because there is a battle at quarterback trying to figure out what it, but they don't have enough that they value it to the point where they wouldn't do that. Like, I, I understand the mentality, but just have you're a throw that, off then or something. Man. I, right? <laughs> you know? I mean, listen, if you first of all, you, there's some quarterbacks that are so good that you're not even having touched in practice. Mm-hmm. But even to this degree, that's what it says, man. I, I mean, yeah. I don't know. That, that'd be like kind of the message is like, ah, 
this guy get hurt? Who got this guy? <laughs> I mean, yeah. does it feel like that? That's exactly what it feels like. I just think there there's smarter ways to determine who a starting quarterback should be. Then I uh, I agree with you. All right, uh, I'll end with AJ Green. Six oh, to eight yeah. weeks uh, with the ankle. That's my fall. And uh, you could go Trevor Bauer, which was hilarious, actually. So Threw I threw the know ball over the fence. That was great. That yep. was that might have been more balling than falling. True. Might create the best uh, gif. 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 What do we call him? G. Gif. 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 Whatever, man. You guys both just said separate ones. I said gif. That's gif, isn't it? He said I always GIF. said gif. Whatever. I don't care. Just keep it rolling. <laughs> That's like the worst thing ever made because nobody knows what to call it. No. We'll, we'll have to Google that during but the break. But the Bauer one will be fantastic. Oh, that's, yeah, be a that's good classic. Um, It'll look straight out of Major League. Or for those people that don't know, uh pitcher from the Cleveland Indians gives up a, a whole heap of runs, gets pulled, gets ticked off, and proceeds to throw the ball basically outside the park. So <laughs> and props by, to him. And Terry Francona comes out, and he delayed he's just into like, what, him. What are you doing? Yeah. Though he said, like, what the F are yeah. you doing? Yep. I mean, he well, laid into You don't see that from, like, a manager to a pro player sure, sure. very often. Yeah. I mean, he was like, what is this? And Terry wasn't playing that. He apologized. Like, again, I don't think it was that big a deal. I know he got hammered for it. He even said it was childish. And, but, uh, but anyway, I had A.J. Green six to eight weeks. And something I, I will let's get into on the other side. These fields that everybody talks about going mm. to other places. Yeah, you know, obviously the Jags play at Wembley, and that's a slick surface. It's never they've never complained about like the safety of it. Mm. But then last year, remember the Mexico game, they had to cancel. Yeah, because of the field. And now this this well, field in Dayton, some are saying now they. They said the players aren't right there, that we vetted it out, and the field's the field, and it's fine. But Well, and with all due respect, I played on one of the worst field, one of the worst playing surfaces um, in the entire NFL in Soldier Field for a Soldier long time. Field, yeah. Yes, so we can get into that yeah, after the break. Let's talk about that a little bit. Uh, and there were a couple other worth of mentions in the balling and falling category uh, coming up next on ESPN 690. Hey, Monster Jam's coming up this weekend. Yeah. And it's the arena, not the stadium. Veterans Memorial Arena for Monster Jam. So it's kind of a different show. It's going to be loud. Yeah, it'll be pretty cool. And uh, we're giving away some tickets. Are we giving away two tickets? Yes. Two? How about uh, caller number three for Fortnite's $3 million prize? (laughs) Good call. All right. Uh, Caller number three, star star 690 or 904-362-9901. Easy number, star star 690. Caller number three for some Monster Jam tickets right now. Give Kuz a call. We're back on ESPN 690 in a bit. What do you got on the magic whiteboard? Why don't you read this one because it's your fault? <laughs> HR meeting tomorrow at Two Sharp. Yep. Yeah, for you didn't, I mean, I thought we'd talk a lot about a lot of things in here, Brunt, but didn't think I'd come in here on a Monday yeah. and get accused. Of soliciting prostitution. Yeah, I did. But really, here we are, it man. It kind of came out in a bad way. Kind of? Yeah. That's fine. It didn't really, it wasn't intended that way. Yeah. But it. I mean, come on, man. I'm, but, uh, but I couldn't go back on it after. No, you sure couldn't. But you got to remember, I'm a family man. This is I'm how verified apologies on Twitter. Are, are built. I'm, I'm verified on Twitter, and you're putting my whole reputation at stake with I comments am. like that, bro. There was nothing. Listen, we did background check. He's fine. Thank you very much. But uh, to, to be fair, uh, a, lot of, a, a lot of my friends chimed in and they I, thought it was funny. So props to you. Here's the deal. You know, I get the news. So we have John Bachman on to tease what's coming up. Like, I yeah. get emails throughout the day on some of the stories going on. Sure. And I kind of just glance and then I delete them. Yep. 
Well, there were some stories today about like something going through the emails about like prostitution and all this stuff. Well, I was on the phone, missed the first couple of minutes of John teasing. You yes. guys are talking about this great tease. Yeah, yeah. And then it kind of all came together like, oh, you must have been talking about prostitution. Yeah. So. No, it's all good, yeah, man. Yeah, my was, bad. Hey, that's great radio. Whatever. I guess. I'll uh, bite the bullet. Not a big deal. Anyway, uh, let's go back to football. Okay. <laughs> A.J. Green, it's really bad injury. Yeah. Uh, A.J. Green, man, you start to wonder, does, is he on the, other, the downside? And yeah. it's sometimes not your fault because the injuries. But what I want to ask you real quick, I don't want to spend a lot of time on it. I mentioned the Mexico City field. Uh, the you know, When we went to London early on with the Jags, there was a lot of talk, especially from a guy like Scobie in the kicking, kicking game, how slick the field was. Mm-hmm. As a soccer, that's what they do. It's a more slick field. And there were a lot of slips. And there still are, I think, a decent amount of slipping that goes on in London, although I don't really feel like it's it's uh, the main conversation point, maybe as much as it was in the early years. You bring up Soldier Field. Obviously, this practice was in Dayton. Yeah. You know, overall view, it's like, should you be practicing and playing in other venues that you might not be trusting of the surface? Uh I think even in Jacksonville, there was a lot of question, probably when you were playing, because of all the soft tissue issues. Yeah. And I think they even changed one of the fields. I can't remember how long ago this was from turf, like the near field when you walk in the practice. They changed from turf to grass. And I forget who did that. I don't know if it was Del Rio, Malarkey, Gus Bradley. I can't yeah. remember who did it. But they they were concerned about the soft tissue issues that they were having, which is a fun thing to say. Soft tissue issues, <laughs> not a fun thing to have. But Part of, they said, you know what? It's, it's the turf. It's the field. It, it might be, or it might be. It could. I don't yeah. want to blame like the the guys will get all over me. I'm just so they went from turf to uh, grass, and I have no idea if they still study that stuff. If this is why, mm-hmm. you know. Then you remember the Laron Robinson got a concussion, hitting his head. There was a little cem- uh, cement uh, in practice yeah, around the that. field, yep. and I mean, I'm talking like an inch or two of cement. Yeah, outlining the field, and he hit his head on that. That's mm-hmm. where he got one of his concussions, if not his first one, but yeah. one of them. Well, I think so, that was there for like the drainage, if I'm not mistaken. I think like you're the, right. The cement would kind of like trickle the water down. Yeah, I mean, so. it was yeah, a yeah, tiny piece of cement. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so it just brings. You were talking about Soldier Field. I mean, how yeah. bad was that? And well, how talked about was it in the locker room? Because health in your sport and any sport, really, but uh, in a sport where your lifespan could be very short is ultra important. Well, well, let's start out, and I know you don't like to be talking about it all the time, but with Murray State, Murray State was actually the last school. Why don't I like talking oh, about I'm it? just kidding. But Murray State was the last school in Division One to play on AstroTurf. So really? I, I played on AstroTurf my freshman and sophomore year. And um, let me start off by saying, if you play on AstroTurf, um, you're not playing football. Because anytime you have to wear basketball shoes to play the game of football, you're not really playing football. It just feels completely different. It's bad on your knees. And honestly, I feel the same way about field turf, too, as well. Um, for those people that don't know, like field turf, usually what they do now is there's two types of field turf. They either take uh, sand or they take the more traditional ground-up tire. Mm-hmm. And what that does is with the ground-up tire... What that does is it gets in my sneakers. It gets in your sneakers, number one. Um, there's actually a couple injuries related when they first came out. Um, a running back from Wisconsin actually got tackled and got a piece of rubber in his eye and almost lost his eyesight because of that so there are some dangerous things there too but it's just it doesn't have the give it doesn't have the feel of grass and it's harder on your joints and your knees now i'm not trying to sound entitled and be like oh you know the plan on the rubber is worse than playing on the grass but i'm just speaking from a, a football player's perspective there is no substitute for playing on 
traditional grass. And anytime you go to these colleges or these universities, if you're going for training camp, let's be honest. I mean, if you're going to a D3 school, um, one of the one of the things that are on the bottom of the list is you know uh, great grass to practice on, right? The, and it's one of the, the bottom <laughs> things that they're the, the top priorities are at. So um, sometimes you know during during a training camp after it rains or after the field gets chewed up, yes, the the, the playing surfaces are a little banged up, and that's actually something I want to get into. Um, we can get into a little later too with the CBA, where I'm curious to see if they start pushing for where they're going to require every single team to build their own practice facilities uh, for training camp, where if they don't have them already, where teams are going to be required to stay in a hotel as opposed to a dorm room and practice on a, an upkept field as opposed to a D3 school. But that's something we get into a little bit here. But when you mentioned Soldier Field, um, yeah, and listen, this was four or five years ago, so I'm not sure if it's changed or not, but at the time, we referred to Soldier Field, and not just we, the Chicago Bears, but other teams around the NFL, that they referred to that field as a seven-stud game. Do you know what seven studs are? So, mm. Okay, so you're going to drop a little knowledge on you guys. So if you wear cleats, there's two different options. Uh, there's molded, which are usually yep. what, what, what players wear. Basically, it's you know it's a traditional football cleat. But then there's also the seven studs. Now, seven studs kind of came out in the early 2000s, and basically what the seven studs are is that they're the screwing ones. And what you can do with those is you can make, get them a lot thicker. So as opposed to a molded cleat where it's maybe uh, maybe a half an inch at the very most, you can actually switch out the seven studs, and it's like three-fourths of an inch. That's like the, the legal thing. Now, sometimes <clears throat> players will put an inch in there and uh, get away with it, so be it. But anytime you play at Soldier Field, just because of the way it was set up, it was so slick and it was so just thick of grass that you had to wear seven studs. Now, if you wear seven studs, that's going to make your cleat a lot heavier because they have metal um, in, in little screw and inserts. And that makes them one last longer, but it also makes for a heavier shoe. But, yeah, playing at Soldier Field, um, I, I witnessed a lot of injuries during the game, and you knew as a pass rusher you had to change up your, your whole um, way to approach pass rushing. Where if you'd always try to throw a, a fastball first, like a speed rush, like a speed chop, now you're going with a bull move because you knew as soon as you got off the line and if that tackle wasn't ready for you, you could put him on ice skates, what they call it, because you couldn't get grip in that field. So there's a field fields like that. You know, I mean, a Soldier Field I bring up just because it was such a high grass and it was... Um, it was a. It sucked to play on as a defensive rusher uh, from a standpoint, and also Pittsburgh after a while um, would get chewed up because you got to remember the University of Pittsburgh plays on that field too That's as right. well. And uh, as soon as that field gets chewed up, I mean, there's soft spots and there's hard spots, and if if you plant plant wrong or you get tackled on a certain spot, it's rough, man. Same thing in Oakland as well, playing on a baseball field. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Which true. Is, yeah, yeah. Well, the, yeah. All right, the, the, don't save it till later. Okay. CBA. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because of some of the field issues, because of practicing where they do uh some most teams are going to their own facility but not all do uh the Raiders yeah. are in Napa in fact I think it just came out today or I saw something recently where it said even when they move to Vegas they're probably still going to practice training camp in, in Napa mm-hmm. uh the Cowboys still go to California so, so what do you should they put this yeah rules in the CBA is that something the players should fight for and you know this uh, this isn't I don't want this to come across like a my own little thing of self-righteousness here uh, I'm just talking from experience and what I think the NFL should focus on one of the biggest things that the NFL always preaches is player safety, right? I mean, we've been hearing that for the past five, six years now. It's taking care of our players, player safety, player safety. I get that, but then how can you justify having some players, you know, maybe get maybe six 
at the most seven hours of sleep a night, sleeping in a twin-sized dorm bed, and expect them to come out the next day and perform to the best of their abilities. Uh, and then once again, and I know people are going to listen to this and say, oh, well, Austin Lane sounding entitled, and, you know, they're NFL players, and they can handle it. Yeah, soft, whatever you want to call it. I'll, I'll say this. I performed a lot better in the Jaguars training camp because I slept in a in a queen-size bed uh, as opposed to sleeping in a dorm room where you have to get up in the middle of the night, go to the bathroom, and do all this stuff. Um, it sucks, man, from, from being a player, from a player perspective. And I just think that I'm really curious to see if they could ever do some kind of research to see injuries, per se, of what teams have the most injuries, where they practice at as compared to the teams that seem to sustain the least amount of injuries, whether they practice, you know, like close to the facility, whether they sleep in hotels, whether they sleep in dorm rooms. I'm really curious to see the correlation with that. I don't have the answer. But I think it's something worth researching because if you're so concerned about player safety, then why wouldn't you guys? Why wouldn't you want the guys to have their best possible night's sleep and have their best possible rest and recuperation? Yeah, and if you talk to people, trainers, wherever you know, uh, whoever specializes in what now, nutrition, this, that, sleep is such an important part of it. It's huge. I mean, big part of it. Now, I've not never been a big fan of it. No, man, you, you <laughs> but, don't do it. You don't believe in it. But it's more power to you. Uh, you know, and it's it's silly to not acknowledge the importance of it. I, I kind of joke around. Miles yeah. Jack is the guy I I use all the time because he'll be like, I'll just fall asleep, take a nap, like at my locker yeah. for an hour. But he said you can't get enough to be at your maximum level, and uh, it's something I'm going to work on this fall. Try to get a little bit yeah. more sleep. Well, I mean, as you get a little older, I don't know if that makes a difference or not, but. People talk about it. Studies well, prove it. Yeah, and you want to talk about concussions and CTE as well. I mean, one of the biggest counter things of that is sleep, is getting a good night's rest. And if you got guys staying in the dorms for training camp, they're banging heads in the trenches every single day, of course something's going to happen. This segment brought to you by the Pampered Athlete. Coming up next on ESPN <laughs> oh. 690. Doug, Doug, a real one for this schedule. Yeah, man, it's a big difference. Uh, bodies feel better. Energy's better. Everybody a little bit happier out here. We got some free time and stuff, and we ain't got to be in the building, trained all day. Uh, we really appreciate them, so we're going to go out there on the field and try to give them all we got. That's Jalen Ramsey. little love for Uncle Doug. <laughs> you know, it's not a bad thing, right? I mean, there's a fine line in a leadership type of role, especially as a head coach and especially a head coach in football, where you want the guys to almost fear you a little bit, what to expect, keep them off balance, work their butt off, all this stuff. All the stuff we talked about at the top of the show, really. But the, it is okay sometimes if you like the coach. <laughs> like, isn't that okay? I think so, yeah. Well, Doug Marone's background is interesting because in the Buffalo days, there was talk when he first got here, 50-50. You know, whether that team, some people really liked playing for him. Some people absolutely hated playing for him. Yeah. You know, I think over the years, Tom Coughlin's been that way. You know, now, what, what binds that a little bit differently is you have a guy like a Strahan or something that would give, there'd be a lot of back and forth with Coughlin. I'm not sure he really liked him. You win those Super Bowls, and I love you, man. Yeah. Because if it gets the most out of you, and if you get to the mountaintop, there's instant respect and love, and it doesn't matter how we got here. Yeah. So, But if you talk about the journey, there's always times where guys don't like the coach and then grow to like the coach and all those things. So I do think there's a give and take there. I mean, it's no different than your boss. True. I mean... Come on, everybody out there listening, you know, some days you like your boss, sometimes you can't stand your boss, and then there are bosses that you never like them, or you always love them. Mm-hmm. I mean, but but there usually is a bit of give and take. Um, I love all my bosses. Uh, especially Me too, Brent. Um, especially the ones in this building. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but 
I, th- I thought it was an interesting comment from Ramsey because we've heard it the first few days. We've heard it. Uh, I talked to Clay Campbell, too. I heard it. They really like the fact not only that it's early. So you get away from the actual heat of the day, but you get your work done because that means there's no meetings before practice. Yeah. Right. Well, I, I think that's well, so I'm not sure exactly what the schedule looks like. Yeah. So sometimes I'm assuming that if sometimes, you're getting taped up at eight o'clock. How many meetings are you having before? No, I mean, sometimes there can be like a, like a 30-minute install meeting that they might do. Um, I'm not sure what the schedule looks like. But no, for the most part, you're not watching a lot of film or anything like that. Uh, you, you show up and you get ready to go to practice. The part they really like the schedule is there's more free time. Yeah. My understanding the last couple of years have been, okay, get off the practice field, go to lunch, go get a lift in, go go to a meeting, then go to the hotel, then go get a meeting, then yeah. go to walk through whatever it might be. I'm just rattling things no, off, sure. but it was five minutes, five minutes, five minutes, five minutes. It was so regimented, which there's a part of it that needs to be in place, but I think there's more free time built in for the players, and they like that. Now, that doesn't mean there's three hours to beat this $3 million kid in Fortnite, uh, <laughs> but there – there just might be a little more time to catch a nap if you're Miles Jack, to get yeah. a little extra treatment, to go spend a phone call with the family, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. And players seem to like that. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned it, the naps. That that was the that was the one thing where if I had some free time, that's what I'm doing. And you're napping. I, yeah, and then that's what a lot of players were doing. Um, just because, like, yeah, and, and I understand, like, when, and once again, I'm not trying to get on, you know, get off my porch, get off my lawn. Like, the, the game has changed, okay? There's no doubt about it. Where they have tapered off some of the physicality of, of, of football. Um, they have tapered off some of the, of the hitting of football involved in training camp. But that's cool. I mean, I, I, I'm all for that. I'm not one of those salty vets where it's like, when I played, we did things this way, and now, you know, they're, they're everyone's soft, and everyone's getting juice boxes and Capri Suns and, and uh, you know, Rice Krispie Treats. Like, no. I mean, Ooh, Rice Krispie Treats. Yeah. Good. Like, I think that the whole goal of this situation is the fact that, like, 10 years from now, when they analyze and they look about, like, how I went to practice and how I played, they're gonna look back on this thing like, how did these guys do it? You know, like this was this was almost like savagery. You know, like two times a day practicing in the, in the heat and not proper hydration, not proper rest. Like, how did these guys ever survive? That's what I want it to be like. Because at the end of the day, I care more about the player's health than try to make a a, a holier than thou statement of like, you know, this is training camp. It's supposed to be hard. It's supposed to be rough. It's supposed to be the worst time in your life. I'm the head coach. I'm running the show. Like. The, that whole dictatorship thing, I think it's played out. Yeah. Okay. And when you're talking about guys having more time and um to whatever rest or do whatever they want to do, talk to their families. Like you got to remember as well, Brent. Uh, when you're going through a training camp, you spend ninety five percent of that time with your teammates and your coaches. You spend five percent with your family. It's really just that couple minutes after practice. It is that we see, yeah. right? I yeah. love that time. I'm a sucker no, for that time. No, isn't that by the way. best time? Yeah, yeah, I mean, I didn't have a family back when I was I playing. Feel like man, I need to bring it's... my family out just to say you did a lot of work today, Dad. I don't <laughs> Absolutely, man. It's, it, it, you know, it, it makes for some of the greatest videos and some of the greatest pictures. Yeah, I really because, do like it because the, the, there is a genuine appreciation. Because, like I said, you don't get to see your family for the next couple of weeks. You know, you're you're in camp with your brothers and and, and your other family, quote unquote. Yeah. So you know the fact that guys have more time now to, to call their families or, or take naps, or whatever. It, to me, it's showing that they're they're in a better headspace. And you saw with Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey sounds excited uh, for, for this up and coming season. He's 
sounds excited with the things that are happening, and that's great. If you have any kind of enthusiasm whatsoever, that's what you want, because a lot of times you'll interview these guys, right, and we'll see in the next couple of weeks how they act, but sometimes guys are just drained. Absolutely. Sometimes guys don't want to talk. Yeah. Sometimes a- guys just want to go about their day and not you know, give a damn about anything else. Yeah. So the fact that we got Jalen Ramsey coming out saying he likes the changes, um, you know, now whether is that going to get you more wins in the field? That's the thing to be seen. But at the end of the day, as long as these guys are are healthy and being taken care of, that's all you can ask. And if you can go to the the week one against the Kansas City Chiefs with a healthy team, to me, that's a win. Well, and if you're enthusiastic about practicing, you're probably going to practice a little bit better, just like anything else. Exactly. Uh, all right, a couple more things. We're going to get back to Jalen Ramsey in a bit. I got a, a, another thought on Jalen um, and Brooks Kepka in a moment. But, Kuz, let's play Chris Conley. I got him out. Speaking of after practice, he's signing with fans, okay? Okay. And the, so the set the scene, the fans are, are getting autographs from the wide receivers and the linebackers yesterday after practice. Good crowd out. Great crowd yesterday uh, for the Jags practice. Chris Conley's a fun guy. Uh, I think he's going to join us in the fall occasionally, too. So. Sure. Surfing, man. Let's go surfing yeah. with him. Surfing. I think big Star Wars guy. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's an interesting dude, and he could have a big year. Yep. He could be in a role where he could have a big year. We'll see. Uh, but he's a Georgia Bulldog, and you can't see the visual here, but he got asked for an autograph from a kid who's wearing a Florida Gators shirt. Oh, no. Oh, no. 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 Here, I'll sign it. I'll sign it if I can sign on the front. All right. Oh, no. <laughs> he don't care. He just wants to sign. There we go. Gator suck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Florida State fan. I'll, I'll, I'll rep Miami or Florida State. Florida. Oh, come on. You're a Gator? Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> if I wasn't so dehydrated, I'd throw up. <laughs> <laughs> Conley having a lot of fun with the fans he, there. He's a better man than I am. If someone had an Austin P jersey or an Eastern <laughs> Kentucky shirt, nah, we're all good, man. Try again next time. That's uh, He was really having a lot of fun with it. But it was a bit genuine, too. We yeah, talked yeah. to him after practice. He was walking out. And he wasn't kidding. Yeah. Uh, and I think he wrote on the, he wanted to write on the kid's shirt. Good. And I, I'm stupid. I forgot to get this part, what he actually wrote. But he told us later he wrote, Gators suck. Okay, I was going to say either that or like go dog or something like that. Yeah, yeah. very right, cool. So. Uh, fun little moment there That's after nice. practice. Again, I like that stuff. I think the interaction between the fans and the players this time of year where everybody's excited about football is a, is a fun thing. All right, more football talking about, but I want a quick Brooks Kepka comment. Yeah, let's you. get into Listen, it. Listen, man, the, you believe, hey, that was his third PGA Tour win. Yeah. He has four majors, but three other PGA Tour wins. Yeah. My, my thought on it is this. Why it crossed my mind yesterday? He dominated again, or at least he pulled away and he he did things that we would be lauding, myself included. I'm yeah. guilty of it. Tiger Woods for doing. And, and so I got to this conclusion: Why is it boring to watch Brooks Kepka dominate golf right now? Yeah. Yet it was so much fun to watch Tiger and even others like Jordan Spieth and Rory McIlroy when they went through a stretch. But I don't get the sense of that. Again, I still can't figure out if I'm rooting for this guy or not. Why is that? It's my problem. I think I figured it out, Brent. And first of all, I owe Brooks Koepka an apology. Because I was the guy that was campaigning for him to change his personality, to be more likable, to change up your style a little bit. We even had the whatever five things that Brooks could do to get, to get more notoriety. Good. Yeah, I wonder if he's cashed in on any of those. Well, I know. He really should. We should bring but, that back. But, but looking back on it now, Brent, and watching his attitude, I am... The, I'm more of a Brooks Kupka fan than I ever have been after this last tournament, and here's why. I did a little research on him, and I came to the conclusion of one thing. Brooks Kupka is like the anti-hero. Now, what's an anti-hero, you may ask? 
There's a reason why Deadpool in, in, in movies is so popular. There's a reason why the, the Wolverine movie from Marvel was probably the most popular X-Men movie. is because they're the anti-heroes. They're almost the guys that don't really care. And Brooks Kepka has been on record saying that he doesn't practice before the, like, tournaments that aren't the majors. Um, he would rather play baseball than golf. Uh, and he ghosted Tiger Woods. This guy... Literally, seems like he doesn't care about golf. So if Brooks Kepka doesn't care about golf, then why should you care about golf? See, I love that because that's my personality. And Brooks is kind of, you know, he's kind of playing to that. So from that standpoint, I'm a Brooks Kepka fan now because it seems like he almost doesn't care. Yeah. And I think from a, like a hardcore golf fan like you, when he does that, why would you care about him? Yeah, the only problem is on Saturdays and Sundays in the afternoon window for CBS or NBC or whatever, yeah. it feels like nobody else does either. No, I hear you, And, man. and you yeah. want people to care about no, him. I, I understand it's, completely. It's I'm just, just saying. A, it's a weird vibe around him. He's the anti-hero. Dude, he's good. Man, he's dominating the game right now. We come back. How about some football conversation with DJ Chark next on ESPN 690. You know, I think I know the answer to this, but just yeah. confirm for me. Like... So the players stay in the hotel during camp. Yep. Doug Marone stays there too, right? In the hotel? Yeah, coaches do too. <sighs> they did when I played, yeah. So I think so. Yeah, yeah. That, that's I what so. I thought. I, I yep. just, but I, I, I don't know if somebody asked me that or if I was explaining. My kids keep asking me, like, all about it. It's like, I don't know. I don't play. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I got to ask. I'm asking, like, everybody, what's the schedule? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like she wants like minute by minute. Like, what are they doing? What are yeah. they doing? Uh, which is kind of fun. It's interesting to uh, yeah to hear them say that. Getting the whole family involved. All right, Making Yannick a family tweets. Affair. Yannick tweets. This could be oh, like a tweet? segment. What do you tweet? Right. What do you say? Uh, by the way, this guy. It, what is bottled up in him? Wait, if, if I were the it. Jags, I wouldn't sign him until like September seventh, <laughs> because he will go get about twelve sacks on September eighth. He what? He has just got to be burning inside, oh, and he wants to talk, and he and he really can't. Like I, I that's what I get the feeling. So he tweeted on. Uh, <laughs> I like. Nice I music. love the music. He tweeted the old, um, what else? Like egg timers, you okay. know, like Days of Our Lives sure. thing. Yes. Uh, on the twenty seventh, which would have been Saturday. Okay, so just he's waiting. Nothing to take from that one. And that Not was the first time he had tweeted in like four or five days. Okay. So he'd been quiet, very quiet. And then 19 minutes ago, he tweets, numbers don't lie, but men do. Oh, man. Okay. Why every time that he tweets, I feel like he's talking about me. <laughs> how, do you, how do you value yourself with that? Okay, whatever. Am I taking this too personal? You might take that one a little too personal. So say it one more time. So money, numbers, numbers don't, don't lie, lie, but men do. Numbers don't lie. Obviously, his stats and everything and uh, not getting the pay that he feels like he deserves. I like it, Yannick. All right. Next one. Well, there's more. Oh, yeah. How many is there? Respect the ones who value you. Oh, Yannick, I'm right here, dude. Thanks for listening, man. I appreciate it. You know, I always got your back. And we're going to be all right, Ma. That's the last one. Okay. And uh, his special relationship with his mom who raised him. And I I asked him at the Super Bowl, I remember, who gave you that chip on your shoulder? And he said his mom. Yeah. Uh, That came from uh, uh, growing up where he grew up in Maryland and um, mom raising him. So those are the latest tweets uh, from Yannick. And uh, might be a daily game. Hold out uh, day number six. Again, this is more research that I have to do. (laughs) I think I like this music better. Yeah. (laughs) The, The... do you get fined for a day off? I don't think so. I bet you do. Do you really? Why would you get fined for a day off? I don't 
don't know. I got to find this out. Why don't I know this stuff? Yeah. Why should I know this and, stuff? And, I don't know. And by the way, he, if you add up his mandatory minicamp and these fines now, yeah, he's over three hundred thousand dollars in fines. Well, that's fine. That's going to just go away once he signs a new contract. If okay, he does. but what if he doesn't and he plays on the two million or whatever? That means he's paying. Is that mean he's paying him? Ah, I don't think so. You don't think so? Think I think that money that goes underneath. Away? The, I think that money goes underneath the rug to tell you the truth. Yeah, probably. Because I mean, you're not going to have a really good. Um, Sorry, charitable causes. You're not going <laughs> to right? you're, you're not going to have a really good withstanding with somebody if you uh, take away. I'm not a math guy, but one eighth of their paycheck for the year. I don't know, whatever it is, yeah, but it's a right. it's a solid chunk of change to yeah, say the a least. lot of money. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, hey, you know what it is? It's Monday. It's five o'clock hour. It's happy hour horn time. Have a drink, get a shot, tip your star tenders. Vita de Louis recently got a 94 rating, a locally owned tequila right here in Jacksonville, made in Tequila, Mexico, shipped directly to Jack's Beach. Make your own recipes with Vita de Louis tequila, one of the smoothest tequilas you will ever taste. For locations, recipes, and merchandise, visit VitaDeLouis.com and drink responsibly. Oh, cue the music. Cue another, the music back. We got more tweet. tweets. Yannick Tweet. Number four in the last 20 minutes. Oh, he's tweeting through it right now, folks. He is tweeting through it. But this is like, yeah, this, this, this is mean, breaking news. Is he reporting tomorrow or tonight when they Hit won't give the you what you deserve? Go take it. So he's either, he's not robbing Jack's headquarters. Is he going to rob Jake's headquarters? Is he going to go to an Ocean's 14 and rob Jake's headquarters? Well, there's a Brinks truck already there. <laughs> is that, there is a Brinks truck there. Wow. Oh man, cryptic. He is cryptic. I mean, are, are there some? Gosh, he's got to be burned. Are there, are there some words that are capitalized and some that aren't that we can like? Maybe it's like a code that we can. Nope, nothing's really capitalized. Or okay, that's pretty normal. Uh, when they won't give you what you deserve, go take it. Oh, Brent, here's my thing. I'm rooting for Yannick to get a lot of money. Yeah. But now for the rest of this week, I'm almost rooting for the holdout to last, just for more tweets. <laughs> I mean, listen, I can't sit here and break down every single one of his tweets and what he's thinking. But I think of that, it's like he's trying to prove people wrong again, right? And then that's always kind of been, I feel like, the, the mindset of Yannick Ngakwe. And if for some reason, and I don't think the odds are really good for this to happen, but if for some reason a contract doesn't get done, let me ask you this question, Brent. So say they don't do a contract, he plays out his rookie deal. How many sacks do you think it would take him where the Jaguars can't afford him anymore? Because you realize every sack that he gets, the price tag goes up. And I think once you get into that 13 to 14 sack range, I feel like if you're the Jacksonville Jaguars, you got Miles, well, perhaps Miles Jack you got to take care of. I mean, Clayus Campbell, I think they'd love to have him back if you could restructure some kind of deal with him. And obviously Jalen Ramsey, how many sacks do you think it would take before Yannick Ngakwe is just like, hey, 
we, we love you, dude, but we can't pay you this much money because you're in a new league now. Yeah, and I guess some of that depends on, you know, how much it goes. The price tag even goes up further and further. Inflation, yeah. But again, keep in mind, they can afford them if they want to franchise tag them and not come to an agreement with them. That's a good point. And then that would probably be cheaper than what it would cost for per year. Yeah. Because you'd be getting into that stratosphere. But to your point, I mean, go out and earn it. And uh, if, if you were to take that road, uh, yeah, I think you're probably flirting with, you know, 13 to 15 sacks yeah. to be like, whoa. And, and Which is I, I, I don't think attainable. they couldn't afford I don't think it's like they can't afford them. I don't think. That, no, now you it's... might be like Calais, goodbye. Or yeah. You might do some of those things. Um, I don't I don't think if they couldn't afford them next year with a 13 sack or whatever, they wouldn't be working on a deal or had worked on a deal um, this year uh, because they're going to have to pay some of those dollars next year, of course, and, yeah. and, and a big chunk of it. What's interesting to me is, you know, this last tweet is when he says go take it is now this is mentality that a deal is not going to get done. Again, we're reading into it a lot, but yeah, is a deal yeah. not going to get done? Because well, in fairness, we're reading into it, but we do know this, and, and I've been saying this for the last week. This is stalemate. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's nothing getting done. So if there's nothing getting done and you had to take it for leave, or leave it deal and you left it, well, my, my thinking is they come back to the table. I think it's one side or another. As this date approaches next Tuesday, August 6th, I think they'll come back to the table and they're going to work out a deal. I, that's how I think this ends. Mm-hmm. I really do. But I haven't really given much thought because I think that way. I'm like, there's no way he's playing for $2 million a year. Now, that doesn't mean I believe he's sitting out the year. I don't think he's missing games. I don't. So, But I just haven't let it sink in in my brain that he's going to play for $2 million this year well, because I feel like they're going to get something done, even if it is a stalemate right now and last offer, best offer, whatever it is, and we turn it down, all those things that go into negotiations. I think negotiations fire back up in a heartbeat, and 36 hours later you got a deal done. I still believe that's how this ends. But that right there is a tweet that I could read into and say, he just said, you know what, we're not negotiating anymore. I am going to come back and play this, and I'm going to play it so well that I'm going to go make even more money. And here's the ironic thing about everything. Where we talk about guys like Melvin Gordon, Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown, uh, pick your player now, who, you know, they kind of... They sit out or they hold their team hostage and they say, I'm going to believe in myself and I'm going to get my money one way or another. And when I, those three names that I mentioned, they all worked out in their favor. How ironic is it where for some reason Yannick Ngakwe doesn't get paid and he's just like, screw it. They try to offer me less than Demarcus Lawrence. They try to offer me less than Frank Clark. Uh, I'm worth more than that, what they offered me. I'm going to play out my rookie deal this year. And I'm going to better myself that I can get 13, 14, 15, whatever, uh, sacks. I'd be cheering that's, for him. That's almost the, the ultimate, um, trying to believe in yourself, you know, yeah. believe in your abilities. Because now you got to take into account, knock on wood, always the risk of injuries. You got to take into account that maybe for whatever reason, maybe some of your reps get taken away by Josh Allen or somebody else and you don't put up the big numbers and now you're on the lower part of the scale. So, in a world now where we're talking about players believing in themselves and betting on themselves, if Yannick Ngakwe was to play out this rookie deal this year, that's the ultimate bet on yourself right there. It really and, and is. And from that perspective, I respect that, bro. I, I respect the hell out of it. I would respect the heck of it, but I couldn't advise it. No, I, I can't really advise can, it either. Man. No. I mean, listen, the least amount of money he can make in a Jags uniform if he's here over two years is $20 million. Yeah. Give or take a couple bucks. Because $2 million for this year is what is under contract. Franchise tags roughly around $18 million. So that's $20 million over two years. Again, we don't guaranteed money and over two-year money. Is being floated out there, I think, almost. Uh, and, and by the way, on a tweet, I had initially made that mistake. But 
it's different. Those are different things. The bottom line is we do feel like this deal and reports have said indicated too that it could be between 40 and 50 million over the first two years. And that's on the light side, 40. I think it's many have said over 50. I'm not sure it's quite over 50 million over the first two years uh, from what I can gather. Yeah. But either way, if I'm advising somebody, I say, Austin, here's 20 million over two years or I'll give you 40, say 45 million over two years. Yeah. Even if I have to swallow my pride, man, I got to be like, gosh, it's hard to turn down. I mean, yeah. I, I, I don't want you to bet on yourself here. I, yeah, I, I don't. I mean, really, because at the at the face value of it, it's two million. I mean, really two million, because if he does an injury or a bad year, well, then he might not get that extra 18. No, I, I completely so understand, bro. I just it's, uh, it's it's a tough spot. It's a really it's tough a, spot for for him to be in because it's a principal spot. And I'm a, I, I feel you, man. I've just been plenty of times in my career from a principal standpoint. I've stood on that ground and it doesn't always work out well for you in that spot. Mm-hmm. I've been there, done that, uh, not necessarily dollar wise, but other times. So I get the principal nature of it. I, I think that's admirable. But, man, there's a lot of zeros going to my bank account. But, Brent, take the money out of it real quick, though. You can't. Yeah, yeah, you can. You know what? When we come back, I want to ask you. I'm going to put you in a scenario quick. All right. And I want to see what your response is to it. Because you, you put me in a scenario when I'm Yannick Ngakwe, I'm going to put you in a scenario where I'm going to compare your job to what Yannick Ngakwe does. I thought we were going all day without Yannick Ngakwe. Now we're going Ocean 14. We're going Ocean 14 on him, man. At Jags headquarters with right Yannick Ngakwe. And I promise DJ Char, conversation is coming up uh, next segment. Yes, indeed it is. Had a little meeting this morning without you. Yeah, how was that? The numbers are good. I mean, Thanks the, the invite, numbers that the stories we're telling are good. I like it. It was just a part of me when I st- we started this thing, like, eh, maybe, uh, what's the over under, eight months? I can say it's over. We're going to make it. Oh, we're going to be in the we air. We're going to at least mean. one more yeah, month. Yeah. Okay. yeah, we're making it. Okay. I think we're going to make it to the regular season. Fantastic. And then some. But overall, the meeting was good. I, I didn't get invited meeting. to anything. Yeah, yeah it so. wasn't really. Like, you, you'd have to do homework and stuff, and it was oh, like at 10 in the morning. You you know me. Plus, I was watching a movie, so I, I was actually at the theater. So, <laughs> Did you watch Lion King? No, no. I, I'm, waiting, I'm saving that for us, guys. I, <laughs> I, I went to go see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. By the way, got there at 9.30, got out at 12.45. Well, that's the one you were talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. Tarantino's uh, two hours fifty minutes. Yep, it's a new Quentin Tarantino movie. I don't know how anybody makes a movie that long these days. Man. I mean, nobody can stay, sit there what, for that too. long. How many times do you get up for money. popcorn? Uh, no, I'm not getting popcorn. But I'm, I'm not going to break my fast. Come on, I don't have my first meal till like twelve thirty, one o'clock. Have you ever been to a movie theater before noontime? Nah, I don't think so. Dude, I'll give you like eleven thirty. Like they have movies at nine thirty. I was at nine thirty in the morning. Guess what? It was six fifty for a movie. Is that that's good? Six, yeah, so six dollars fifty cents. What is it usually like ten bucks oh, now? Like, well, unless you like for, get a ticket online, and you say you're like a senior citizen. I'm sure Coos does that. <laughs> are, are you really gonna take advantage of the elderly like that? Is that you do that, don't you? It's cheaper tickets. It's cheaper tickets. Come on, fantastic man. You, Pay the freight. Yeah, you you really have no filter, no soul. Like you can take advantage of anybody. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I feel to an like extent. he just threw. An old guy's groceries in a pond. That's, that's what I feel. <laughs> hey, Dr. Hey, I wouldn't do that. Dr. take it easy now. All right, here's the deal. You set it up before the yeah, break. here we are now again. So now you're giving me a Yannick. I thought we were going Yannick free. It was a Yannick free zone well, today. Guy starts tweeting. But and all he of a tweeted? Has he tweeted now. since? I didn't even check. I don't know. Check it out quick. 
hanging by every single uh, character, every single word. All right, so here, before okay. the break, you said you're going to give me a scenario. Yeah. Because I said I think it's really difficult uh, here we to go. play this year at $2 million. Here we go talking about the money again. Go ahead, give it to me. It's all about principles, Brent. Okay. Three guys in this situation. Okay. Steve. Just a bar joke. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as far as the show's gone today, it might be Steve, Joe, and Mr. Brent Martineau. Okay. Now to set the scene a little bit, Steve, Joe, and Brent, you, have all come out at the very same time from college and worked your way up into where you guys are now. Okay. You're doing radio and you're, both, and you're doing uh, the TV side of it as well. So you're all doing the same amount of work, okay? It's time for you guys' new contracts, every one of you. Um, from the ratings perspective... You guys are putting up pretty much the same ratings. Okay. Um, you're, you're, you're all in the same ballpark. No one's uh, outweighing the other, okay? Steve's going to get $8.5 million a year for his contract. Now, granted, these, these numbers are a little fluctuated, <laughs> unless that's what Brent's really making. I've seen his truck. It's what? pretty nice. You hey. never know. You never know. We're, we're Banana Republic everybody all the thinks, time. Everybody thinks Stephen A. Smith's size. Stopping guy. all that Banana Republic all the time. Starting to make a little more sense now, taking those cruises. But, okay, Steve's making $8.5 million a year. Joe, signed a contract for $8 million a year. Brent, you've been offered a contract for $5.5 million a year. But here's the catch, though. You guys have the same ratings. I'll give you that. But guess what? Steve and Joe have about three more weeks of vacation time than you did. You you did a lot more work. Um didn't take in the sick days. You busted your ass. You busted your. I was say the A word. Can I say that? I don't know. Oh, you've said it plenty well, of times. Okay, yeah. Well, in context, though, you, you busted your ass basically. Okay, <laughs> I said it. Uh, Congratulations. <laughs> it feels good. It feels good to be back. <laughs> so, Brent, you you busted your butt, uh, and you're getting five point five million for it. And keep in mind, that's with uh, a lot more days that you couldn't take off compared to Steve or Joe. Now. It's money. It's $5.5 million. It's a lot of money. That's uh, that's a lot of Banana Republic or whatever you're wearing. Do you take that deal, though, out of the principal, Brent? Do you think it's fair out of the principal? It would be nice, by the way, if we worked in this world where we knew other people's salaries so we I could know. play it against each other. Yes, sir. Um, or maybe not. <laughs> it would be a bad thing. Uh, Do you take the 5.5 or do you ask for more? Oh, I ask for more. Yeah. And do you demand more or do you eventually settle at the 5.5? Well, are you telling me to not come to work for the next year if I don't get it? Uh, well, if you don't get it, you can do whatever you want to do. But you're not going to get paid. I think ultimately I would cave to the 5.5. You would take the 5.5 million. Rather than not work next year, this next year and get paid. Even though deep down you know Steve and Joe are making $8 million and have a lot more vacation. Yeah, okay. I'd just probably do a shorter deal. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. That's all I wanted to know. And then this is this is a lot like the Ngaku situation, you know, where where Steve and Joe are basically uh, they're Demarcus Lawrence and they're Frank Clark. Yeah. And the reason I brought the whole vacation thing into it is because the biggest knock on Yannick Ngakwe right now is his size. Everyone's saying that well, he's too small. Um, durability? Can he stop the run? Listen. If you're a GM, and I've never been a GM before, but I can assume if you're trying to acquire a new defensive end, one of the first five things you're going to ask is, well, how is he against the run? No. You're going to ask, how is he against the pass? Is he a good character guy? How how healthy is he? These are the type of questions that you're going to ask. Can he stop the run is down the list because 
to be to be fair, stopping the run is more about attitude than it is about skill. I'll be the first to admit it. That's why I got I lost as long in the NFL as it was because necessarily I didn't have the skill to rush the passer per se, but I had the attitude to stop the run, and that's what teams required me to do. So when we're talking about that, and Gakwe hasn't missed any games. Demarcus Lawrence, Frank Clark have missed games. They've had their quote unquote vacation time. So that's only the point I'm trying to prove here is the fact that bringing Ngakwe's size into it, whether it's because he can't stop the run, which, listen, plenty of guys out there, like, is Von Miller the best run stopper in the world? No, I don't think so. Uh, I don't think of him that way, but to be honest with you, I don't know if I answer that question well uh, well either. I'm going to be honest. My guess is he has more than 23, 25 tackles against the run. Uh, I'm going to be honest, though. If you're a pass rush specialist or if you're good at rushing the passer, I guarantee you more than likely your game stop for the run is going to take a little dive because sometimes when it's third and five or third and six and it's going to be a draw, you're going to bite on that draw because you want to get the quarterback sack. So I get where people are concerned about Ngakwe's size or whatever, but the guy hasn't missed any games. And you know, when he's been in the game, Brent, he's been productive. So you can't use that as an excuse. I, I agree with you on this. The problem with when you start negotiating is you have to also pick apart people. I do think the against the run stuff yeah. is a down the list item that you're just trying to or people are trying to use to pick apart a game and why you wouldn't pay twenty million versus nineteen million. Correct. I agree with you on yeah. that. I really do. I mean, we never talk about Yannick Ngakwe against the run. We talk about forced fumbles, we talk about sacks. That's yeah. where you get paid at the defensive end position. So I, I, I do agree with you. The only w- real difference, and I don't think we should lose sight. In the, in, in the example you just said, the vacation thing is an interesting one. I'm getting paid less than the other two clowns that you gave in that example. Yeah. But those other two guys also were maxed out from a, whether it's a franchise, not maxed, but they had already been the Demarcus Lawrence franchise tag. Yes. Uh, contract had run out for Frank Clark, so they used the franchise tag, then trade him. That's the one difference here with the organization, meaning even in this it's like I was coming up early and wanted to be at their level. Yeah. You know what I mean? I wanted that eight and a half million a year instead of five and a half million a year. And I don't remember my contract's not due until next well, August or whatever. Yeah. You know, so there's a little bit of a difference. There's there. a difference there, Brent, but at the same time, I can just turn no, around. it might not be I three can, million worth. Well, no, but, but, <laughs> but I can turn around and say, okay, so we, we use Stephen Joe as an example. So Stephen Joe, they they got groomed a little more than you did. Where Stephen Joe had to go through training, they they had to go through getting the reps and kind of like I'm doing. You know, I'm getting my reps and uh, I'm practicing. I'm practicing. Well, you came along, Cash Money Marno, didn't need any practice, didn't need any reps. You're the guy from the get go, just like Ngakwe was. Yeah. Where Ngakwe was called upon since day one, basically since I think the second game of the season since he started. So from that perspective, I get what you're saying. Where, yeah, his time will come. Well, you can go ahead and pick that apart if you want, but at the same time, Frank Clark got to sit a couple years. Uh, DeMarcus Lawrence wasn't called upon right away like Ngakwe was. Ngakwe was the guy since day one, and he hasn't faltered since. That's all I'm trying no, to say. And, and really, the only thing that still is crazy about this whole deal is we're talking about somewhere, I think, now, maybe it's not 19. That number being floated might be a little high or incentive-based to get to 19. Mm-hmm. So say it's 18. Say it's at the base. It can't be too much less than 18. Heck, I would have turned and walked away, too. I mean, that's just the going rate. Yeah. But say it's got to be between 18 and maybe an asking price of around 22. Well, that's not a lot. I mean, ben, I'm t- I, that's yeah. not a lot. Like, So that's like for me saying, all right, I'm getting five and a half, but I want seven. 
But you think like a pro athlete, Brent. And like I've said a million times on the well, show. Well, no, my only point with saying so, it's not uh, a lot is that you should be at the table still. Oh, yeah, 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 I got you. Like, you shouldn't be off like off the grid. Like, not, no, not you like, should, you, should be, you should be having conversations. Yeah. This shouldn't be like, oh, it's a stalemate and nobody's talking to each other. I hear That's you. still the mystery here is how it did is. this thing get so contentious that it really doesn't seem like there's a lot going on. Do you think? And again, now if something changed in the last like 24 hours or so, maybe uh, haven't had much of an update since then. But I, I told you all weekend there wasn't anything that was going to get done. Yeah. And I don't think they're at that place yet. So when is that going to ramp up? Now my belief is it ramps up toward the deadline yeah. of of August 6th. But it's still to me the 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 bad part of this whole situation is there's still not conversations going on, and that's what it sounds like uh, is not okay. happening. I guess we're about to get into some tinfoil hat theory time real quick. But we, we've heard speculations of what the contract is, right? Now, we're not for sure it's exactly what we read, but it's along the lines of it's a little cheaper than Lawrence is making and Frank Clark was making. Well, right? and I also and, believe it's a shorter deal. It's a, a four-year deal. deal. That's what somebody's telling us, basically, Brent. Here's my question to you, though. That news has to leak out from someplace. Someone just doesn't come across that news and like shares it. Do you think that the Jaguars, quote-unquote, leaked that news to somebody just to put pressure on the Ngakwe camp? Well, the Pelissero, somebody in there did. Yeah, I was. It's not. It's not coming from the agent side. No, I understand that. But do you think it was in terms of gamesmanship to try to put pressure on Ngakwe and be like, "Well, hey, this is the contract. Look at he turned all this money down." And then in turn, does that make kind of like the fan base turn on Ngakwe a little bit? I think uh, yes. I think to answer your question, if I was going to answer it succinctly, but what I'm still fascinated by, man, is I don't believe the fan base has turned on Ngakwe. No, I don't think so either. No. That time might be coming, but but, I don't believe that's happened. And the only thing I worry about is, like, when we're talking, well, it's only $2 more million that he wants. Like, why does he just, you know, just take the ball and don't take the $2 million, whatever. Because at the end of the day, like I said before on this show, sometimes it's not about the money. It's what the money says. And if he takes the contract right now, it's saying the Jaguars don't value him as much as the Cowboys value Lawrence or the, the Kansas City Chiefs value Frank Clark. At the end of the day, take the money. <laughs> take the money. Uh Damn it, I didn't get to DJ Chark that segment. It's next on ESPN 690. What's the magic whiteboard saying? Don't get me off on a tangent because we have to get to DJ Chark in a moment. This could, uh, it's, it's actually, it's pretty, pretty straightforward. Uh, surgeons basically save your life by stabbing you correctly. <laughs> That's like the first deep diver in a while. Oh, no, you, I had a couple other ones, too. You just missed them. All right. Like, I, I had I've one been today. calling on the whiteboard as much. You know, yeah, that's all right, though. I had one today that uh, was talking about Chinese food, where Chinese food seems a lot more fancier in a restaurant than we, we can get it to go. It does. Yeah. But I like it both ways. I like it both ways, too. Like, we had uh, the Chinese food in Atlanta. That was good. That, that was really good. That man. was good. That's that was, what I was thinking of. I was, was like, authentic. where was I? Where was I? Yeah. And that, that was a good place. Yeah, good stuff. That was expensive, though. They weren't giving that stuff away, were they? They weren't. Well, and you knew it was legit because they had, like, all the actors that came in on the wall. Yeah, Remember they we did. Out? Yeah. That's when you're in trouble. Yeah. Yep. Uh, at least the expense report, people are in trouble. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, all right. DJ Chark. What do you think about this guy? Can he make a big step, big move? Does he have to? Oh, well, Brent, well, like I always say, you make your fir- uh, you make your biggest jumps in progress from your rookie year to your second year. And um, this is a guy who has shown some promise, a lot of mental mistakes, though, some fumbles, um, was kind of a dynamo in special teams. But this could be a guy that the team relies on as a, at the wide receiver position as well. 
And I'm curious to see what happens. He was so much fun to watch on special teams. It's weird to say it, but I mean, I really enjoyed watching him on special teams. That's kind of a strange thing. And now maybe this will be the year we're all excited to watch him uh, catching passes from Nick Foles. My conversation over the weekend after practice with DJ Chark, the second year wide receiver out of LSU. Hey, Matt, four days into this thing. Uh, Feel like a veteran now after last year's four days, first four days of camp? Oh, definitely. into the swing of things, know what to expect, uh, just treat every day, you know, like a new day and uh, try to get better and focus on things uh, no matter how you're feeling. What uh, has changed for you over the last year uh, in terms of comfortability in this offense or around guys or being an NFL player? Uh, like I said, just knowing what to expect and um, being with Nick and the receivers uh, whenever, you know, I do something good or wrong, being able to find out how to make it better uh, and I think that's the biggest thing having more of a leadership role and uh, more accountability I would say uh, up and down rookie year at times from the receiver position is that accurate oh yeah it was uh, you know towards the London game you know get more reps uh, you know find actually becoming um, a starter by uh, the Steelers game but then being hurt so that was a major setback um, you know, but just this year, I plan on having a way different approach. Uh, like I said, more accountability, more leadership, things like that uh, being counted on uh, helps pretty much drive me every day in practice. Some of you guys have to step up, you'd think, for this offense to, to take that next level, even with Nick now uh, running the, the show at quarterback. Is that a, a challenge accepted kind of thing? Do you put a lot on yourself uh, to, to be productive in this offense this year? Oh, definitely. Uh, I think I do. But also, you know, the coaches are there every step of the way, you know, guide me through it, um, the players as well. So um, try not to get too high or too low at any point, um, knowing that, you know, there's something that I've been doing for a while. And at uh, any, any moment, you know, you can be having a great day or you can have a bad day. But, you know, you got to be able to change it uh, no matter what. So just being able to be focused um, and worry about what I have to do in my assignment to help this, uh, keep the ball rolling. Last year there wasn't really much of an offseason for you young guys. You kind of roll from college right into the whole draft process and everything else. What did you do this offseason? Maybe something different to change it up that you thought would help out um, if there was something different? Um, I went to train uh, in Dallas, uh, and then when I got a good little break, took some time off, went on vacation, uh, sightseeing and things like that. But then before training camp, getting back into it, getting in shape, um, working on my skills so I can come in and be ready to go. Where did you go? Um, on vacation? Yeah. Uh, I went to Turks and Caicos, and then I went to London uh, for the Jags. So I got pretty much two in one. Did you have some fun? Uh, yeah, I had a lot of fun, you know, uh, sightseeing, like I said, but also experiencing different cultures and things like that, you know, and then, you know, whenever I'm tired of things like that, you can always think back on, on those times and then just keep it, keep it moving. You a picture taker? Uh, kind of, sort of, uh, I took, yeah, I took a good about, amount of pictures, um, but I took, I think I took more in London just because the culture, yeah. you know, uh, in terms of Caicos, all my pictures look the same because it was just beach everywhere. <laughs> so. All right, rapid fire, Nick Foles. What's impressive about him from your point of view so far? IQ, um, smart, know where to put the ball at, uh, Q, 
keep you away from defenders, throw a very catchable ball, and a great teammate. Can you tell he's got command of this offense with some knowledge with Filippo? Oh, definitely. Uh, a lot of respect in the uh, locker room, but also by the way that he treats each and every player, uh, make you want to go play for him. I said you might have to step up, but a guy like Didi Westbrook too, and he's looked good so far out here. What do you see from Didi? Uh, Didi is, you know, Didi uh, know how to turn it on at any any moment, and he's going to do what he have to do. You know, you can always count on him. I think he's very reliable. Last one, just the mentality of this football team. Do you sense a difference from what you were maybe in the locker room or in the building compared to maybe the sense of urgency and what it feels like right about now? Uh, I think it's more confidence uh last year at this time it was confidence but based off what they did the year before uh, you know when i came in i came in to a team that had just you know almost went all the way so the confidence was based on that but this year i feel like the confidence is based on our talent you know um, guys come in every day ready to work and know that um we have the players but that don't mean we're going to win all the games so every every day everybody's working. Um, the coaches have been great, you know, um, helping us out, um, looking out for us with the schedule, with camp schedule. So everybody has been pretty much trying to play for the guy next to him. Thanks, man. Have a good rest of camp. Thank you. Appreciate it. That's DJ Chark, a uh, nice man. I always say this. Uh, I think I told somebody else yesterday afternoon. How do these nice, uh, the nice guy to switch on the field? may fascinate me more than anything the more I do this job. Sure. I mean, seriously, he's like a, a really good young man. I mean, it feel, I mean, the, the times we've been around him, soft-spoken kind of guy. And then to play this violent game, yeah. it, it just, it, it's a, it's a weird dynamic to me to kind of digest. And I, I've probably said it a million times over the last 20 years, but it, you just see it and see it more and more, um, have some perspective on that. He's from Alexandria, Louisiana. My first job in TV, yeah. Alexandria, Louisiana. No kidding. Yeah. What is Alexandria like? It's in the middle of nowhere. Middle of nowhere. Pretty much. Uh, good food, boy. though. Yeah. Good food. Yeah. And drive through daiquiri huts. <laughs> and Fair drive enough. through daiquiri huts is a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I mean, it's a good thing if you're young. Uh, I think all that sugar content could kind of go to you after a while. <laughs> who cares about the body yeah, who cares through about a daiquiri hut? That's a good point. That's what's uh, worth the risk. You know, he could have a really good year. What he said about Nick Foles, I think, is things we've talked about a lot. You know, it sounds like they trust him. Mm-hmm. They can rely on him. They know what where things are going to be. Um, probably can't talk about it enough. Mm-hmm. I mean, that quarter, that's a big difference, what's going on at the QB position, at least through the first few days, and what else in that locker room from a leadership standpoint. Something this organization has not had a lot of over the last uh, even 10 to 15 years is what Nick Foles could bring them in 2000. And 19. A final thought on Jalen Ramsey. Not final, but at least for today. And stay in your lane next on ESPN 690. Hey, hope you're having a good Monday, everybody, and had a good weekend. Brent Barno, Austin Lane, Coos here. Action Sports Jack Stewart Weber was with us a little bit earlier. Thanks to Duran Wiley for stopping by. And, uh, well, he didn't really stop by, but he uh, called in, talked a little high school football as that's underway. We'll have more of that coming up on CBS 47 and Fox 30 tonight. And, again, tomorrow, reminder, actionnewsjacks.com. We will have a live webcast for two and a half hours from the Baker Sports Media Day for high school football at UNF Arena. Really a cool day. A lot of coaches, a lot of players stopped by. We have so much talent in this area when it comes to high school football. 
Coolidge. We're going to share that on uh, ESPN 690 Facebook page. That sound right? Yeah, we'll stream it from there. All right, good deal. Uh, so we will have that for you tomorrow morning again, 9.15 to 11.45, and that will come with some announcements with our high school football coverage, uh, both on the TV side and radio side. So we are looking forward to that. Looking forward to staying in your lane right now. Right now, all right. Uh, cruise control. Brent, Joe Rogan's a guy I talk about sometimes. He's your favorite. Uh, you have a man crush. He's a guy that doesn't really need any sticking up for, um, set aside from all his endeavors. When's he coming on our show? Right. The one thing Joe Rogan do, is doing, Brent, he's living his life, and nobody can tell him what he uh, what he should be doing because he does whatever he wants and probably doesn't want to come on and talk about us on ESPN 690, but one day you never know. But um, I might get that for like your birthday or something. That'd be fantastic. When's your birthday? It's November. All right. Thanks for asking. I got time. Uh, well, well, no, I you can work on that, please. <laughs> but but the reason what? why Joe Rogan's in cruise control um, is because of a Muay Thai fighter by the name of Miram Nakamoto, and she's a Thai world champion. And this is uh, this is a an Instagram post that she put out a couple days ago. Um, I'm going to read it to you, and then I can kind of put the pieces together. Uh, so this is from Miram Nakamoto's Instagram. So this happened today. I'm struggling to find the words. I've been trying to make a comeback for almost six years now. I've come close a few times, but I kept having difficulty with my knee. There is not much to be down. There's not much to be down with a grade three lesion on a meniscus besides stem cell therapy. I didn't have thirty thousand dollars, so I did the best that I could, but I always came up short. And then this happens today, and I'm still in shock. And what had happened was Joe Rogan reached out to Miram and offered to cover all her medical bills and her travel um, to get these stem cell injections to help the lesion on her meniscus tear, uh, basically giving her a full recovery. So basically, Joe Rogan gave her another shot to do what she loves. You know, being part of the mixed martial arts community, obviously Joe Rogan heard this story and felt like he had to help her out, um, and he did. And this is something I don't think Joe Rogan really cared about getting the, the... notoriety for but she happened just to release a text message about it so very cool so cruise control uh joe rogan and congrats to miriam nakamoto hopefully we'll see her uh in the ring soon is that uh in a way which is a great story is that yeah. kind of like my quest to stay unblocked by jalen ramsey say nice things so your quest is to get rogan on the show so yeah. say nice things well i'm not gonna lie so like a marketing for your birthday actually when you had your birthday i had an idea in mind where i was gonna reach out to jalen's camp and i was gonna <laughs> and i'm not lying i was gonna and i talked to marcel about this already i was gonna donate money to whatever charity he wanted and in doing so he would unblock you on Twitter <laughs> but then he already did so we we're all good but that was actually that, that, that was my you goal save some money yeah save some money uh, pump your brakes oh guess who's back Brent James Dolan <laughs> James Dolan is kicking more people out, Brent, and not this time of a basketball game. This time it's at one of his prestigious concerts. Yeah, that's right. James Dolan's in a band. I looked him up on iTunes. Spoiler alert, you're not missing much. Uh, <laughs> but this time he booted out Bloomberg business writer Polly uh Menendez, um, after Dolan learned that she was there to write an article about him and possibly his band, Dolan took it upon himself, since it was his concert, to relieve Miss Menendez um, from the venue and had her escorted out. There you go. There you go. There, hey, there's kicks, your, there's, kicks people out of concerts and basketball games. There's your owner of the, of the highest rated, I think, sports franchise in, oh, I'm sorry, basketball. Worth, net worth. Yeah, net worth. Um, four billion, t- I think. Four billion in terms of basketball. There's the guy that's running the show. Fantastic, huh? He's a beauty. Crazy world we're living in. Uh, absolutely. Uh, let's end the show a little bit on a Jalen Ramsey thought, because we kind of started, talked to, sprinkled in a little Jalen Ramsey throughout. 
And yesterday he got a little preachy on us all yeah. at the end of the uh, news conference. Did I you see this. that? I saw this for sure. Where he said, don't, you know, everybody's asking him about the eight locks and the uh, uh, the Brinks truck and yeah. the messaging. Hey, and Everyone's asking me about it, too, on Twitter. Yeah, but people I mean, are still messaging me still, about it. Still, by the way, uh, hats off. It's Adidas. That's what they wanted. Yeah. You know, I mean, they, they're still talking about it. And we are here five days later. But it gets me thinking, and this is really, we've had a lot of conversations like in our sports office about this, like Jalen. Mm-hmm. And I still can't figure the character out, I get to, at the end of the day. And I say character, meaning like what, is he trying to draw the attention? Does he not want to draw the attention? Like I think he almost has like this conflict sometimes, whether to go full all in on the brand, um, but you got to be a team guy. You know, it's like this this real power or conflict. I don't want to say power gymnastics. Struggle. It yes. really seems like it is with him because in the in the news conference he's like, "Don't read in everything. Don't read in anything. You can't. You came on in a brink struck, dude. You got like you got a contract coming up. You said you wanted more money. You want to be the highest paid guy, and you will be the highest paid guy. But like, don't read into it. How do we not read into it? Yeah. So it's it's really fascinating where he turns it on and off sometimes to me. And I guess my question is, which one is he? Like, who is Jalen Ramsey? And I'm not sure we know yet. You know? Yeah. Is he like, – I, I, the way I've characterized Jalen Ramsey before is a very – he's obviously an awesome football player. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about him earlier in the show a lot. He's, he he could go down as the best player to ever play here at the end of the day. Yeah. I mean, I think he's tracking oh, he's, that way. He's, he's on pace for the, sure. The first year I said, this is a guy that's going to the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. He's, a, he's a Hall of Fame guy. Mm-hmm. He is. Now, there's a lot that goes into that. you got to stay healthy. you got to do a lot of things. Career longevity is big. Absolutely. Um, and then from a person standpoint, I always say, this is a an articulate, smart, calculated mm-hmm. guy. You know, he did. He grew up. What's interesting to me too, at times, is this is a guy that grew up kind of like, if you want to put it in our terms, uh, and I've never been to where his neighborhood or anything, but he grew up kind of like more like in a St. John's County. Mm. You know, yeah, that like the suburbs of Tennessee. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, his his dad is a seems like a master motivator. Worked out with him. Works hard. You know, he got all that from his dad. Uh, athletic family, I believe. Mm. So. You know, I try to put all these pieces together, and then you go through his career, and he's got the the Steve Smith back and forth, yeah. the AJ Green back and forth, yeah. the at times DeAndre Hopkins, the GQ magazine, all this stuff. But then at times he wants to turn that off, and so that's where I kind of like, where, which one are you? Like, where is he on the? Yeah. Does he want to be Dion? Because that's the question, right? But he wants yeah. to be Dion the player. I'm just not convinced he wants to be Dion the persona. <sighs> yeah, and don't you have to go to... all in on that? Like, Dion, and this isn't a slight on Dion, by the way. I'm just saying that's character. Who, that's who Dion is, though. Yeah. So, listen. Uh, let me, okay. So, from Jalen's perspective, I think 
something that kind of goes unchecked sometimes because of the GQ articles, because of the distraction showing up in a Brinks truck, people forget how hard this guy works. And I've seen it firsthand. I've trained with him before, and I've seen it. And let me tell you one thing. When he's training, it's not about all eyes on me. I'm trying to make a scene. It's no. My head is down to the grindstone. I'm going about my business. I'm busting my butt, and I'm going to dominate this season. And that's how he approaches it. Now, we don't see that part on social media. No. Uh, uh, That doesn't get headlines. Where where most players are, you know, tweeting, squatting this much weight or pulling this car, pushing this car, whatever it is. Everyone does it. You don't see Jalen Ramsey do that that much. He almost moves in silence in terms of how he – how he approaches his craft, how he approaches the game. But then when it's his time to shine, whether it's show up to training camp, whether it's um, his display on the field, I feel like that's his time to show who he is. I feel like, you know, I feel like he is. And I think he's still in, in from an outside perception per, yeah. perspective. I feel like he's still conflicted at being D on the player yeah. and D on the persona at times. Yeah. And sometimes you got to take that on as a brand. I feel like he's more Jerry Rice than he is Terrell Owens. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd almost agree with you in that. Um, although Jerry Rice wasn't talking trash all the time, though, either. Well, was he? I don't. I, I think mean, he quietly well, t- might have t- been. Talking trash on the field. But you're you right. Know? You're yeah. right. Yeah. Say, yeah. to me, you don't need to be Dion. Just be Jalen, man. It's paying off well for you so it far. It is. That's true, too. He's fascinating, man. Yes. And for now, I'm unblocked on Twitter. <laughs> for now. Hey, hope you had a good Monday, everybody. We'll see you on the TV side. First and 10 training camp tonight, 11:15 on Fox 30 and CBS 47. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.